podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Woo! The sensation, Jason Gavin! Danmark har fået en ny verdens mester. Mikkel Tesla. He's the fucking champion of the world. Mikkel Mann. Молодой Стивенсон писал в чат. No, I think Rosado good boy. Rosado is good boy. I've become a massive international superstar. It's as simple as that. I eat your ass all alive, you bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glassed me. He glassed me. Derek, who down? I'm Shannon Bridge. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black team of the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at the fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. You know, I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Boss Brainger, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm half WPC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want who next. He's got my Dino Rybo nucleic acid. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who next? I love boxing the sound. It's as simple as that. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 455th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGelonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. And hello to everybody listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review of the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of January 2022. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Thriving chat there. We'll have a look, see who's hanging around the pond life on this Sunday evening very shortly. Before we do so, before we get stuck into all the action, Merry Christmas. Hope you had a happy new year. Hope you're all getting on well. Let's check in on the boys, shall we? We don't do this very often, but we want to make sure that they're they're keeping well and everybody's happy and healthy. First of all, Matty, how are you? I'm a little sad, Steve. I'm a little Ooh. sad. Go on, why is this? I so I went on to uh, to our Spotify to see how our ratings were doing. It's something I never really had looked at prior, and I went on there. And despite the thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours <laughs> that our listeners have given to us. I was the first person to rate the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse on Spotify. And that made me very sad, Steve. So all you have to do is go to our main page on our Spotify and hit rate. Rate it whatever you want. I, I would hope we get the five-star rating. what? Oh, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to get the uh, the five-star rating. And uh, don't hit the rape button. I think Steve <laughs> might have been worried about that. 
I don't know if there's a, a button where you can make that happen. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, we don't need to automate that process. Um, but, uh, you know, go go on to Spotify and click and and, uh, and and rate us and help us grow the podcast there and, and pop up and more recommendations for people. And, and I'd really appreciate that. And you would uh, make my 2022 all the better if uh, you would go ahead and rate us on Spotify. Well said, Matty. All you listeners out there, uh, go and get race ready. Let's check in on Andy, see how he's getting on. 2022, Andy. Uh, it's early days, but it's dragging a bit, would you say? Yeah, uh, mate. RAF is earning a day two dry out. It's still good. Like, <laughs> uh, as I said, I was in the supermarket the other day there, actually. I had no intention to go up that, that, that aisle to go and uh, try and top up. Nah, I need to try and get out of this hard way a wee bit. Maybe we stay there later on during the pod. Who knows when we can I make a, a some sort of, kind of thriving return. But at the minute, I'm hanging by a thread. Well, Andy, I, I'm not saying you're badly dried out, but you got mistaken for Daniel Gill pre-Cotto, I heard in the supermarket. <laughs> I look like uh, Mike Alvarado, actually, before the Rio fight. <laughs> oh, mate. I, did, I, I was like, the only thing I managed to eat today, actually, was like like, like some Pringles and that, eh? And some people like a hustle board in as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's elite times and bad times at the same time, you know? And he's with us. He's still alive. Matt is here as well. Hopefully some of the other boys, maybe rapping Rob Kelly or Ozzy might jump on a little bit later on. If you want to come on, let us know. I'll throw the StreamYard link in. As long as you can string a sentence together, as I always say, you are more than welcome. Let's get on to the action then. We've got Billy of the Weeks coming up later and pretty much the square root of fuck all next week. It is a very dry week indeed, but a little bit of action the week after. So we should keep ourselves going nicely. Uh, Luis Ortiz stopping Charles Martin in the sixth round over in Florida, Matty. I enjoyed the card altogether. And now, while, while the actual ending of this fight wasn't really that clean, I mean, Martin was bundled to the canvas. The lead up to the ending was bizarrely explosive. If anyone was getting stopped, I thought it was going to be Luis Ortiz. But suddenly, Charles Martin took a shot and he was in Terry Harper land. He was looking <laughs> ringside. He was frozen in time. He was all over the place. And I don't blame referees Frank Santori on a bit of a rough night for referees, it has to be said. We'll get more on that later for stopping the fight when he eventually did and getting Martin out of there. It uh, and and then he had his uh, Martin had his hand stuck in between the ropes when he was there, so he like didn't really get a ten count because how do you stand up when you're like stuck? And it was it was very very strange. All of it was was very strange. Um, Martin's gonna look back on that fight in great regret. He should have had that. Uh, I I think Luis Ortiz is on borrowed time. His legs are absolutely gone. Uh, it's it's just his incredible pedigree uh and, and uh the talent that that remains in him that helped him to land that shot to uh, help put it towards then that nice overhand left that he winged um but it was almost just instinctual at that point he's not the fighter that he once was and uh barring a really soft touch i'm going to be looking at uh betting his opponent in his uh in his next fight because i just don't think he has it anymore and uh, Martin's going to look back and regret this. He really should have had that. Uh, it was uh, it was a fun fight, uh, despite the fact that uh, Ortiz wasn't what he once was. Um, but uh, both guys gave a gave a good account. It was entertaining. Uh, but again, I just man, I think Ortiz is is done. Definitely borrowed time, and and he's not forty two years old. My fucking dick, he's forty two years old. <laughs> Yeah, Matty calling into question Ortiz's age there. No calling into question Ricky Graville, friend of the pod who's thrown in 4.49 in the chat there. Fair play to Ricky for getting the ball rolling on the Super Chats. Um, i tell you what, we've got a pod coming up tomorrow night as well. More on that later. Let's not get too sidetracked or rewired as Charles Martin was, Andy. Shout out to the PBC. I thought it was a good card all round. Add something for everyone. 
Martin got frozen in time. He got his hand stuck in the ropes, as Matty mentioned. Up until that point, though, <laughs> dropped a couple of times. Ortiz, he looked slow. He looked vulnerable. Martin's left hand was working well. Him and Manny Robles seemed to have a nice little chemistry going there. Ortiz looked shit when he was neglecting the jab. His daughter was crying at ringside. That poor girl looked traumatised, man. Please don't take her to another fight again. He looked terrible, Ortiz, but he had the equaliser in the bag, in his pocket at the end. And he, boy, did he need it. She remember like like Pascal's daughter when Kovalev was beating up on her die. She was howling that night. Um, a pair last year, but she was like, ah, what "Was it first round? I think it was when Ortiz got put down." Yeah. Um, Jesus, what I was going to ask you just before I get in, I, I didn't think I had a chance to check it because I've just like no, I've not got the concentration levels just to go and read it and that. But do you think or check the rule book that Charles Martin should have got counted when he was tied up in the ropes? Should have, shouldn't he? I think he should have continued the count, but it was a bit of a grey area. It was such an anomaly. The referee was like, what do I do? Sit here exactly. while the guy seriously can't get his hand pulled out of the ropes here. He had grounds for a DQ too. I mean, Ortiz hit him with the three, four punches to the back of the head. Possibly, but um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, it's just like everything else. If, 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 if say a fighter gets gets knocked out the rings, shall we say, and tied up in the ropes, he's still got to get yourself back in, if it's 20 seconds or whatever and that, he's still got to get, him, get himself I think you're back right, in. Andy, technically speaking. Do you notice someone from the commission tried to get up as well and the referee kind of shooed him back down again? I right. think, strictly speaking, it was down to Martin to sort himself out, but I don't blame the referee. That is such a freak occurrence. Yeah. How can you watch him, like, struggling? He's on... I mean, the guy who's, like we said, had been rewired and he's trying to pull <laughs> his hand out of the road. I don't blame the referee, to be honest. I suppose. It's probably a bit going to... It's just it's why they or, moments... Or Santori's like, God damn it, when people are tied up, I'm used to pounding them, not letting them go. What do I do here? <laughs> I mean, Christ, man. Hammer got turned to stone, didn't he? And he's like, he's just like, look, I was actually waiting for him to do that like, kind of Ric Flair thing, you know, when he gets chopped across the, the chest, <laughs> walks five feet forward and collapses on, on, you know, I thought he was going to pull something like that off, you know, but uh, fair play to him, you know, Lewis Ortiz, man, even whatever age he is, and even at this point in his career, he's still an okay fighter, still decent enough, um, you know, to overcome knockdowns, probably hurt a couple of times, um, and then to come back and win by a press of knockout, man, you, you got to hand it to him. Um, I get what you're saying about the kind of like his, his chin or his resistance and that. I think one of the knockdowns and that he kind of stepped in, whereas I think Martin then kind of stepped to the you know stepped to the side and just kind of caught him with a jab, kind of caught him kind of square up. So possibly something to do with that as well. But I just um, I still say that they, you know, the wins farewell they have you know are pretty pretty um, uh, underrated for a welder against Ortiz to be honest because of what he done to him. Um, I thought the, the Ortiz that may have well beaten many other heavyweights, you know, outside of like Fury, and the type of guys, and that certainly kind of guys, you know, in the lower half of the top 10, certainly the kind of 10 to 15 bracket, definitely. But um, I just don't know where the guys go for here. I would like to see a rematch, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to get title shots soon. Charles Martin's had a kind of hiccup with that defeat. And Ortiz isn't really going to go anywhere else to go. So, you know, I, I would say the BF guys should possibly kind of, you know, tune up again and have it, have it out again, possibly. Because I agree with what Matty was saying as well. Martin had that in the bag, roughly around about, about the fifth round and that. He was looking pretty strong, pretty decent. And then it just unraveled from rapidly. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him possibly have a rematch and that. But fair play to Ortiz, as I say, whatever age he is and that, as he is, he had to get up. He's got his kids ringside. Um, big deal for him, man. He got up and he went him won the fight emphatically, so fair play to him. Yeah, fair play to uh, Luis Ortiz for changing Jesus, the, man. the fortunes in the ring. Gary Kavanagh changing the game like the zone here, dropping in 50 notes. Keep up the good work, chaps. 
says Gary Kavanagh. Fair play, 50 quid from Gary Kavanagh, man. I tell you what, he's, he's, he's dipping dipping his hand in the pocket, fresh off Owen, Spillane, Spillane. How do you pronounce it again? I can't remember, but anyway, Gary Kavanagh, can't go wrong with that. Uh, thank you very much for throwing in the super chat, uh, all the same. Uh, Luis Ortiz then, Matty, um, looking at his record, people are questioning his best win, saying, you know, this is Wilder's best win and looking to try and do him down almost. But the thing is with Ortiz, he's got good wins over Bryant Jennings, good win over Tony Thompson. This is possibly his best win against Charles Martin. You've got to take into account the fact that he was an avoided fighter, I think. You know, he had his chances. He was put into position. Eddie shoved him out to Monaco to fight the likes of Malik Scott when he we thought he was going to fight Joshua. He had those two fights with Deontay Wilder. I don't want to cry, cry you know, and say that he was completely avoided and everything, but he was avoided to a certain degree. That's why he hasn't maybe got those wins on his record. This is a dangerous guy. I mean, he's, he's clearly shot to shit now, I think. His legs are more or less gone, but he's, he's, the last thing to go is the punch. But this, this is a, a good fighter, Ortiz. You know, we can't diminish his achievements, I don't think. No, I, I think that uh, we're not uh, doing him any sort of a service uh, or the heavyweight division any sort of a service by dis- dismissing his quality. Uh, I, I think that if you go back a few years and consider the fact that he never fought Anthony Joshua, and I think he would have really given Joshua a hard time, um, probably would have beaten him. So did he really deserve to actually be the other one in the big three and Wilder just, you know, cleaned up number three? I think that's an argument. Um, but it's there's just so many fights that he didn't have. I mean, we can go back and the number of fighters who I think would have beat him from this era of heavyweights um, are uh, far outnumbered by the number of fighters that he would have beat. Um, like, I, I think give Joshua a chance. Um, Usyk can, bo- can box just about anybody. Um, I think he would have wiped the floor with Dillian White. Um, any of the American contenders at the time, I think he would have given fits to. Um, and you can't really weigh a guy like a Frank Sanchez. You know, I think they're on the the tail ends of different generations almost here. Um, but yeah, uh, Ortiz is a, is a really good fighter, and um, it's um, I you just gotta love those Cuban fighters, those people that risk everything just to have the opportunity to ply their trade um, on their own terms. Uh, you gotta have a lot of respect for that. So regardless of where he goes from here, um, you know, Luis Ortiz, uh, he's got the uh, stamp of approval for sure. The Matty stamp of approval coming in for Ortiz there. David Corner from Boxing Brotherhood. Boxing's first. Shout out to David. He's thrown in a fiver as well. Gary Well meant a fiver. He wants his change back, says David Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have taken a long time to go through that payment anyway. Yeah. It's sliding on through. It's like Luis Ortiz trying to get to the finishing line here. Shout out to Dave, though. He does the trade and leather boxing podcast. Uh, with Steve Boxman, go and give them a listen on iTunes, YouTube, and all the usual places. Dave Corner on the Trading Leather Boxing Podcast. Well worth your time. Uh, who have we got here? Michael Thompson threw something in, Andy. He says, um, didn't he turn down the AJ fight that Ruiz ended up taking? Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of stuttering and stammering over that question to Matty a little bit because I was. it came to me as I was talking and I was trying to formulate it as best I could. Basically, Andy, what do you think about Ortiz's career? The duckings, the avoidance, the, the people he's actually fought. This was an exciting guy when he first came through. I was excited about Ortiz. I think he was a breath of fresh air. I know he's a drugs cheat and all, but I mean, who isn't these days in boxing? But he could definitely punch. He's fought everyone that he can and he's a skillful fighter. And even against Martin last night, when he looked out of it, he's still come back and done the business. Where, where do you look at his career overall and what do you think is, is his best win, Under? Overall, um, I suppose you could say um, 
underwhelming a wee bit for his talent. Um, there was that sense in that, that when Eddie signed him, was I think it was a three or four fight deal. Um, and they were going to, we kind of like, hoped he might be a Joshua fight, it never happened. And then people were kind of thinking that as he just signed him just to kind of steer him away because they don't beat up in Dave Allen in one of the cards or something. Yeah, Dave Allen, Malik Scott. Was it two fight deal maybe? Or was if it? there was a third fight, I can't remember. And then obviously he got, he got the welder shot and as I said, he, he almost pulled it off, didn't he? Um, and then obviously mm-hmm. the, the rematch and that, he got brutally iced in that one. So yeah, it's just um, it's just been unfortunate. And obviously the kind of situation with the belts and that as well, being tied up in contracts and that, he's just... It's just kind of petered away from the drug situation. There has been situations as well where he has been avoided. Um, and then, as, as the guy just said there as well, he was one of the names I can recall. But for the, was, it, was it AJ's um, American debut, eh? Uh, yeah, and he ended up fighting uh, Ruiz. Ruiz in the end, I think yeah. Ruiz was something like what, fifth or sixth down, down the line or something like that. Oh, no, Joel Miller. What was it? was Joel Miller. Joel Miller was going to yeah. fight, aye. Oh, and yeah. then wasn't he? They talked about him jumping in when Joel Miller tested positive, I think. And wasn't yeah. he one of the men? I can't remember the ins and outs, Andy. Sorry, I think so. But as it says, um, yeah, look, it's, it's been an okay career. We'll be underwhelming in that. Maybe as it says he's, he's, he had his moments in that as well with Wilder, so he'll be remembered for that at least. He'll be shouting, for, as it says, for the, for, for the drugs and that. But overall, you know, he has, he has coming to the coming to the end. But as it says last night, fair play to him. You know, he had to get up and, uh, and get 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 it out of the fire, and that's what he done in the end, and that. But he's at that level; just he's just waiting to be picked off, and that. And to put it to put it, it's it's not going to be any of the top guys. It's not going to be Usyk. It's not going to be Joyce or Wilder, that type of thing. Um, I wouldn't even think Frank would bring him in for uh, for Dubai, to be honest with you, actually. But he's he'll be okay running about that kind of mid tier level, and that like so maybe fight like Sanchez as 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 uh, or Michael Hunter. I don't even know about Hergovic's fight, for example. I, I I don't know what his situation is as well with PBC if he's tied in there long term, for example. Um, maybe make the Andrew Ruiz fight. Mm. I think that might, might be ideal for him actually, or might be ideal for Ruiz anyway to get himself back in back in a fighting shape. Yeah, whatever. I think a speedy guy going up the middle would be a fucking nightmare for old Ortiz right now. I mean, he got dropped by a fucking jab. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, I think with, with, with the way. Um, Martin kind of like slipped off to the side and caught him with that jab and that he kind of caught it kind of square on a wee bit eh? so um, maybe something to do with that as well but I like I said Frank Sanchez Andy Ruiz and that if he wants to you know, keep going in that for example surprised not to see Billy Nelson calling him out for uh, Martin Bacoli yet to be honest with you No Bacoli going in against Tony Yoko as far as we know on January the 15th if indeed No it's uh, off that- Oh, is he definitely off? Yeah, I thought it's it off, might, yeah. Thought it, it was uh, it was heading for near twenty thousand sellout or something, and wow. um, it was getting cut for there to two thousand. And it's just the says financially it's kind of yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Look, have been making thousands, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Kennedy Ortiz has a terrible poker face when he gets hurt. You can tell straight away. I always thought that as well when he got stopped by Wilder that time, and he's there looking all confused, like why why have you stopped me? Another thing I noticed as well, uh, just quickly, Andy was size wise Ortiz. He's not the biggest heavyweight in his world in the world, but he's not a small guy either. I think a lot of the trouble he was having was with Martin's size, the jab, the left hand over the top. Martin's a big old unit, you know. He's not a small guy. No, as I say, he's he hadn't been a southpaw in that as well. He was really kind of getting it going there last night. He was he was doing pretty well in the fight. You know, at the mm-hmm. mid-distance point, you think it was just ready to kind of take over it, and uh, so he got caught. But yeah, look, Martin, as I say, he's made the rematch, and if he can get it, if he can pull it off, then the fair play to the guy. Because this is, he's have to kind of start now rebuilding that, and people are going to question his resistance now because fucking 40, 47 year old Lewis Ortiz knocked him out. But he's a good, he's a decent enough fighter, like. But to what level we don't know. He says that is a that is a forty something Ortiz again at the end of the day who is who is supposedly shot 
you know, and he's getting iced off him. So, it was just iced that if we can get turned to a statue. <laughs> so, um, aye, we'll just need to wait to see, mate. Uh, Hi, God probably says Kobnaki turned it down as well. Yeah, talking, uh, it, I find it difficult to remember all this stuff. So, you guys are going to have to keep me w- right. Um, there was a question I was going to ask you, Matty. Let me see if I can remember it. Yeah, the state of the heavyweight division right now then. So let's get your expert opinion on this, Matty. Looking at all the champions, the challengers, uh, contenders, pretenders, prospects, are you optimistic about or pessimistic about the current and future health, the current and future state of the heavyweight division, Matty? I'm very excited about the future of the heavyweight division. I think there's a lot of talent being developed over at PVC. They're willing to match these guys up early on. Um, I'm trying to think of what their names were right now, Stephen. It's um, it's going to kill me because it was so much earlier in the day. But prior to the uh, the pay-per-view last night, they had a couple of fights on uh, Fox. And they had a fight between two undefeated Cuban heavyweights, both southpaws. Uh, one was 5-0, and the other 4-0, and I think. Deep oh, is that pedigree. Giovanni Bruzon against Lenier Perot? Yes. What an exceptionally highly skilled match that was and i think that's a great example of what they're doing they're willing to let some guys get some losses uh they're they have exceptional talent they're matching people together well and they're going to give us the fights um they're they're having a few periods in time where there wasn't just much there just wasn't the depth of talent you needed um you know the vladimir klitschko era for about five years i think was probably seriously lacking but once wilder and fury joshua and Usyk are are uh, are out i think that there's enough really good talent behind them to keep it going who those names are exactly i don't know yet um but pvc seems to be more than willing to make the fights uh to let us find out are you uh do you prefer matty the kind of klitschko era where one guy has all the belts at least we know who the main man is obviously it was the two klitschkos at one point but we kind of knew who the main men were and then vlad reigned supreme we knew who he was but he was fighting a string of kind of no hopers which is a little bit of a you know it's a bit of a rough phrase but i'm going to use it anyway pianetta more mech all these fellas alex leopoy and beating up on them but at least we knew he was the main man or would you prefer the belts to be splintered and everyone fight each other and uh, it be a bit more equal with kind of guys of equal ability. What would you prefer? You know, I don't mind if there's like a a, a, a fighter that's the man in a division necessarily, as long as there is enough talent around them that every time they fight, there is a difference in opinion on who might win. Um, that's you know more than a scattered couple here and there. Uh, it's 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 it is cool when there's multiple tight lists and things like that, but oftentimes then you end up with three or four very talented fighters who don't fight each other, uh, and that doesn't do us any good. So uh, sometimes it's better just uh, for somebody to monopolize the belts and be willing to take on all comers um, as as long as that talent pool is deep enough. And and I, I'd be fine with that. I, I kind of think um, in its own in his own way Tyson Fury's done that um i think Anthony Joshua fights a foregone conclusion Usyk's a bit of curiosity um but you know considering that uh, there's enough people around where there's interesting fights it wouldn't be bad if you had every single belt it wouldn't be there's still enough guys out there that you have some morbid curiosity if he was taking the fights not even morbid some legitimate uh, concerns about whether uh, he he'd walk away or not but with Klitschko for that period of time the the discussion was always Vlad by decision or Vlad by KO. That was the only discussion worth having. 
I think, Andy, if you look at some of the heavyweights, guys like Frank Sanchez, not really Yoka so much because he's a big guy, but then you've got uh, Jarell, uh, Jared Anderson as well coming through. Kind of smaller fighters, do you think we might uh, be regressing to kind of smaller guys coming through again? Is the era of the, the massive, massive heavyweight uh, over, or do we just, does it just go in cycles? Because obviously we had the Americans dominating now. They're saying they're all going over to American football. We had the Eastern Europeans coming through. They're still coming through, but not to such a great extent. Fury, Joshua sort of representing the British side of things. I think it's hard to say the trends are going to last for too long, big, small, or whatever nationality. It, it just goes in cycles, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, mate. It's just, it's just what it is. You go, you know, random guy like say, like Fury comes along, like he's six ten. I mean, mm. where, where's the next Tyson Fury guy come along that size, able to move like him? There's just, it's just an anomaly, I think. Um, but um, you talk about like, the depth of the division. I just talk like this, like the kind just, of just guys. wondering how how you seeing it. How do you think it's going to pan out? I mean, are you happy with what's coming through? There's a lot of Cubans coming through. Where do you see it kind of panning out over over the future? Um. I don't know. I just say that I'm just kind of focusing on the kind of top end, music and mm. the type of guys just knowing that. But um, as for the future, and that we just need to see. I like to see Joe Joyce kind of go over at some point. You know, get a belt. Um, I like to see who else. Um, so I think who else is coming up. Um, Boy Anderson, as I said for the other week, that was he's he's got you know, bad stuff about him. Um, that David Nyker for New Zealand's coming through. I don't know if he's going to be mm. continuing at cruiserweight, for example. But I think he's a maybe a bit heavyweight. I think there's another Australian one. They know something with Eddie recently. Um, Justice Hooney's knocking about, isn't it? Uh, he See, broke his hand before the Olympics. That's the, right. pro- the problem is, is you don't have any of those smaller heavyweights that really know how to get inside, like the way that like a Holyfield did. You think it, like even the way his old fucking ass did value of. I mean that. Not there's not a lot of guys that know how to how to work in like that, and and that's the tough thing. And you you guys both know that that a guy that would fight like that against Joyce, they'd fuck him up. He's too slow. But in the era of giants, it's, that's different, right? Um, there's got that, uh, that big Russian base to Canada as well. I think he could be a bit chinny though. That big, is it what you call him? Mike Mudov or whatever? Mike Mudov, yeah. I, I, think, I think he could be, you know, waiting to go as well. Uh, Joe Parker's kicking about, but I don't expect him to be fighting Fury, for example, for belts. He can't even fucking finish a fight. Fuck <clears> him. He's he's pointless. Um, who else we got? Um, I said Joe Joyce. Guys, uh, still young, but he doesn't fight enough. He's always yeah. injured. Um, I think the current era, Andy's not too bad. You know, you, you, I know that people look on it. I said this before, and the shit on everything. But the fact you've got Fury, AJ, Wilder, even fringe guys like Ortiz, U6 coming through as well. You know, Parker, he's not too too bad. I think compared to some uh, eras, this isn't the bad era of heavyweights. I mean, it's not the greatest, but it's I don't the think it's the worst. I don't, I, I'm not so sure it is. It's not the worst, no. I, oh, I, no, I, I sorry, wouldn't, yeah, say, I wouldn't say it's the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, we were just spoiled with the 90s heavyweights. Like, I mean, that that broke yeah, the cultural yeah. zeitgeist, you know. I mean, and there, there was a number of them varying in size and abilities, what they brought to the table. I mean, we mm-hmm. were fucking spoiled. That was a Thing great is, era. Klitschko, I, I, know, I know Klitschko finally got his, his due towards the end and that, but there was a lot of shit in between. You know, boring fights, you know, that, um, you call Sultan Brigamoff fight was absolutely horrendous. That was primetime HBO in America. Yeah. Um, they were practicing how to fist bump for like the yeah. entire fight. Oh, that, that was one of the horrendous. worst heavyweight fights of years that I've ever seen. One of the worst 12 rounds I've ever seen. But um, the, the other thing is he he made every mandatory defence possible uh, up until the Fury situation. Obviously, the belts got fragmented. And then it says that there was that kind of that, that lull period, obviously, with, with Joshua picking up the belts. I remember who else picked them. Charles Martin picked up one, remember? Um, 
there was that a issue with Chagayev, Chagayev and Lucas Brown, um, which was, you know, so you had their fights to kind of like make up for it and that, and they guys are kind of gone now, but it's, um, it's been okay, obviously. Because I, I prefer having the belts being at least at some point unified and that, but um, as I said, we just need to get the big one, you know, get Fury music made at some point if we can get it. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's, it's not the worst. Uh, as for like, the next 10 years and that, who knows? I mean, injuries could happen, for example, and that Tony Oka could come up and get smashed up. Who knows? But um, big, there's a big Russian coming out. Um, Muslim, uh, he fought in that, uh, that cut, his debut. What was his name? Uh, that Muslim Gazamegardov, I think his name is. Won a uh, silver medal in the Olympics. Um, must be about 6'5". Um, something like 80 odd wins in amateurs and that gold medalists as I say sorry silver medalists as I say and that so maybe one to look out for as well but one who possibly needs to kind of fully kind of grow a wee bit actually you know physically kind of fill out a bit because he looks like um, he could I think what weight he was actually but to me at least I thought he looked like he could make um, the division below him to be honest with you but who knows yeah, maybe Bridger White will become a thing. Sorry, Matty, go ahead. Who do you guys think has the most upside of everyone who was on the card last night? I, I, I mean, I think that's kind of a good way to look at it. I'd say probably Frank Sanchez. I'm not. I will come into him soon. I don't think he's the greatest to watch, but I mean, talking to talent wise and that, I suppose maybe him. I read something that Hammer fight was was in like a few days' notice. I didn't yeah, see that fight. He's supposed to fight Carlos Negron, yeah. Uh, that's right, because he got COVID, yeah. Yeah. Hammer, Hammer landed like I think literally like twenty one punches. It was like he was like literally like right at two punches around. It was just it was sh- so shit, so well, shit. So, something in the chat says like yeah, Philip Hergovich. But this, see, this is the thing with Hergovich, right? He is f- for what how talented he is. And I, I have watched some of his fights back in that as well in the WSB. Um, and he somehow somehow got himself in a top three ranking and that for a belt, but. He has fought zero, but zero of any note that we just don't know how he's going to fare up against some of these top guys. Now, I mean, him against Joe Parker would probably be a great measuring stick to see where he's at, to be honest with you. But just at the minute, and that he just needs to fight a body, just, 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 I just like some in the top five, for example. You know, one of them would do. But this, this shit that he's been fighting just isn't good enough. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's the main thing. You don't mind there being all these contenders and prospects knocking about and some of them might not be that good but let's find out let's get them in there like the way they did with Michael Grant back in the day I mean he didn't look great against Galotta got the job done they put him in against Lennox Lewis and he got completely exposed but at least you know then I know Hergovic was supposed to fight Michael Hunter and it wasn't his fault that that fight didn't come off but that would have been a good opportunity to chalk one of them off and let the other one go on closer to a title shot at least get them in against each other let's see who's decent and who's not and then we'll move on from there Uh, MB talking about Frank Martin yep said this last week Frank Martin definitely looks good he's going to be one to watch he is he did a good job on Duno I didn't actually watch the fight itself only highlights but I'm a a fan of Frank Martin Uh, so onto the undercard then Matty the night of the heavyweights it was indeed um, I don't know how Martin would look at 200 pounds though Steve yeah exactly we don't want to to pump him up too much to to 200 pounds but I thought on the undercard it was there was a nuanced heavyweight beating the big stiff idiots I mean there was a lot going on on the undercard there was blood flowing there was dodgy gas tanks there were some heavy hands on display we mentioned him there now let's talk about Frank Sanchez he looks a bit like Adonis Stevenson so I struggled to warm to him but as soon as Sanchez (laughs) started tapping the body Hammer wasn't really enjoying himself as much but Sanchez he didn't hit the body enough for me he flattered to deceive Canelo said a lot of positive stuff about him at ringside because they're stable mates I feel about Sanchez, you'll see the best of him will come 
when he's truly tested and properly pushed, he's going to be a problem for everybody. It's going to be difficult getting him a shot. But if someone can really bring the best out of him, I think he's, he's going to be very difficult to beat. But at the moment, I think he's going to start sliding into Dimitri Bivol territory, Matty, if he's not careful. I think the best uh, fighter to compare him to would probably be Rigondeau. Um, I mean, he does he does what he has to do to win, and and when he and he's in enough of his physical prime, much like Ortiz, I I doubt that he's twenty nine years old. I <laughs> I uh, have my feelings, but he um, but but I do believe that he has enough of his physical abilities uh, right now that he just he, and he's enough of a talented boxer that he just does what it takes to get the job done. You know, I mean, this is uh, two consecutive opponents where he really didn't uh, go for the kill and he just walked them. Right. Uh, so I, I and I, I know that Hammer was in there on on late notice, et cetera, et cetera. But he's a, he's an experienced heavyweight. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's he's at least, uh, you know, a, a high level journeyman, if not a gatekeeper. But so Sanchez, I guess I I see where you're coming from, Steve, and. The question is, will he is will he be able to do more when asked to do more? And if my Rigando comparison is correct, he will, um, at least when he gets to, until he gets too complacent. So, yeah, are you sure about that? <laughs> with Rigondo, what? Not quite. He ups the ante, the output a little bit, doesn't he, Rigondo? But if that Casemiro fight's anything to go by, then he just doesn't give a shit. Hopefully, Sanchez is a little bit more self-conscious than Rigo himself. Well, and he's he's not in his physical prime anymore yeah. either, right? So it's yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like the, the the fight that he fought against uh, against Casemiro, whatever the fuck the last fight was. Yeah, Casemiro was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that was it. Was just uh, it, what what he used to be able to do a half second quicker, but he doesn't anymore. And I, that was the difference in the fight. If you look at it, how close it is, right? If, if he had just been just a little bit quicker the whole way around, he probably would have won that fight. 118, 110. Um, and Sanchez is still at that point in his career where his little tricks and everything like that'll tick him out, you know, 90 to hundred percent of the rounds. Um, but what happens if he gets the opportunity against a legit top five guy? Um, what would he do against a Tyson Fury? You know, like I could Sanchez outbox Tyson Fury? Could he outbox Usyk? Uh, too small for Fury, isn't he? You think? Yeah, I would think so. Um, that I'd never thought about it before today, though. But that that Usyk fight—that's an interesting boxing match, Steve. And I mean that term very literally. That's an interesting boxing match. I doubt we ever see it, but I, I kind of want to. I'm kind of curious now because that would be fought at a very high skill level. Andy, thankfully for you, I know you didn't watch the Sanchez-Hammer fight, but just on a wider point, Huey Fury effectively stopped Hammer. I know it was a retirement with a shoulder injury or an elbow injury, but back in the day, Marius Wack knocked him out as well. For me, Frank Sanchez should have put his foot down and got him out of there. You've got no room for going the distance, even against a late-notice opponent with the likes of Christian Hammer. If you're a top fighter looking to make a statement, Sanchez should have been hammering the life out of him, no pun intended, in the last couple of rounds. Yeah, possibly, mate. I said I can only just go on, on your guys' comments and that. So I did, didn't watch any of it, but um, I was just seeing you guys in the chat and that there. But you know, the last best win that Cameron had was uh, the king himself, Saul Farah. So, what is he offering these days? As I said, I know that fight was was in late notice and that. But you know, what kind of camp did they have? Was he in training? You just take it, you know, just right out the right off the couch. Who knows, mate? But if Sanchez is going to be making impressions, and I know he's what is he's quite a big heavy heavyweight. He's like what two seventy or something. Um, so 
yeah, if he's going to be making waves and that or trying to make some sort of splash, he should be kind of stepping in and, and, and dealing with Hammer pretty quick or deal, you know, knocking him out at some stage in the fight and that. If he hasn't done it, then it's uh, back to drawing board for him, to be honest with you. Hi, God. Plotter says you can't rely on putting on 120-108 clinics at heavyweight. Sooner or later, you'll get KO'd. Uh, I agree with that one. Then on we go, Matty, throughout the undercard. Johnny Rice, points win, 10 rounds over Michael Polite Coffee. In their rematch, you obviously stopped him uh, in the first fight. Any ambitions, Matty, that the PBC had about Coffee ever being a top tier prospect have just whirled down the drain now. Yeah, he ain't going, yeah, my ambitions too. He ain't going nowhere, man. They'll probably rebuild him as the new Gerald Washington, who we'll talk about later. A few opportunities here and there, but loses when he steps up. I don't know why, but I just like Johnny Rice. He seems like an honest dude. He's had a few setbacks. He's always gone in the away corner. He's never stopped pitching, and now he's getting some rewards. I'm glad he got this rematch win. Does Johnny Rice have a humongous ass, or does he have something artificial <laughs> on one of his ass cheeks? It's his cup protector blowing out, isn't it? I was thinking that too. <laughs> I was like trying to figure that out. I'm like, this guy either has like some fucking claustrophobic shit going on. He's like or... a hippo, man. You wouldn't like him to sit on you, would you? I don't know, man. That was fucked up. That was fucked up. And uh, yeah, and he came in heavy. I, 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 he, Johnny Rice, I think, is going to end up making a decent living as a as a uh as a good kind of journeyman gatekeeper for the pvc he has a clear ceiling um you know and i'll tell you what happened probably about the fourth round or something and and i knew my bet with michael coffee uh par uh, uh with uh ortiz by knockout was going down the drain and i'm like i don't know why i had faith in this guy and i'm like God damn it, he's reminding me of Seth Mitchell. And it just I couldn't quit fucking thinking it for the rest of the fight. Like it was just it was just stiff. And for whatever capabilities that he has, uh it, it just shows to show somebody having a late boxing, uh a late start in boxing doesn't won't will definitely affect them in the ring because it was just so stiff. He doesn't know how to move and punch simultaneously. It's he's either moving or punching. And and a guy like Rice, who seems like he spent a, at least a fair amount of time in the gyms. Um, I, I looked through his record a little bit. There's some weird things that pop out. Uh, some fighters, uh, even when you go back earlier in his career, you know, his third, fourth fight kind of shit. Um, but he, um, he's 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 a, he's one of them fighters that has just enough skill and ability that he's going to put away the people that are just completely uh, lacking what it takes at the upper level. So um, yeah, Michael Coffey, um, God love him, Marine, good rip at it, dude. You made a few bucks. But uh, I, I don't think championship boxing is for you. Yeah, give it up, Michael. Give it up indeed. Johnny Rice, he's a big old unit as Chase Athletics there. Uh, says in the chat, he's got a few skills. He knows how to adapt his size, which I liked as well. He's maturing into a nice fighter despite all the losses. I loved Rice's body punching, Andy. It's an underutilized strategy for the modern day heavyweight. I know Ray Mercer used to like a body punch as well. Every time Rice threw to the head, Coffee's hands cupped around his face. So Rice just switched straight downstairs with the body punches, the jab to the body, the hook to the body. Why don't we see more heavyweight body punching? I know they're big old units, Andy, and they can't get the, the punches round about. But I like the way Royce, as soon as Coffee's hand went up, bang, he was straight downstairs. Get these fatties working, man. Let's hit them more to the body, I say. <laughs> I'll probably help them get the fucking weight off as well, I suppose. <laughs> um, I look, um, I've never seen the fight, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, very hard, hard day the last couple of days and that, but... Um, probably just the fact is, you know, they just didn't get taught to be honest with you, mate. I mean, you didn't see many, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head in the current division who are actually good at it. Um, there's not many of them. Um, 
either just doesn't get trained or they just you know they've not got the skill set they can set it up. So uh, yeah, it's just probably just need to kind of get up to Sugar Hill possibly get him to train you. Um, just get some just get some you know good sparring in there as well and work some of the, some of these shots of the body. Sorry, my voice is going to break up here, guys. Sorry. <clears throat> I think we can get a drink shortly. I think. <laughs> Go and gargle something, Andy. Get the older fire water down, yeah. Yeah, uh, hopefully Bob will come on at some point later on. Uh, but one thing I will jump in with quickly before we go on to Gerald Washington is to say, indeed, if you've had enough of listening to us tonight, then you might want to turn back up again same time tomorrow night, 8 o'clock UK time, uh, 7 o'clock Addis Ababa time. What time is it, uh, Matty, over there for you at the moment? Uh, right now it is uh, uh, 1.45 in mountain time zone, so that would make it uh, 3.45 Eastern. There you go. So it'll be three o'clock Eastern tomorrow and 1 p.m. Mountain Zone time for the Bellew of the Year. There's some uh, prime candidates there who could be winning Bellew of the Year. We have gone through every every week, every Sunday, and got the winner of the Bellew of the Week last Bellew, week. Now, shout out, Andy, shout out to Friend of the Pod Take Aims for producing this absolute masterpiece of a thumbnail for us. It's a, it's a cracker. Will there be stylish Persian rugs? <laughs> there might be. There might be included. You never know. The only problem I'm, I've got, I've got a bit, Steve, is I didn't see the Phoenix anywhere. <laughs> oh, well, look, Phoenix. look, look towards the left. There's a bit of guard action going on there. Yeah. <laughs> guard. Looking well uh, in the guard. Yeah. Persian uh, rugs included. <laughs> AB getting down and dirty, literally. A bit of bean, bit of CBD, kidder. Who's um, Ayatollah on the right? Bit of that's Coogs. Bit of Paul. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, I could... Bit of yeah. Eduardo. Gad looks like the lead singer in the shittiest Guns N' Roses cover band in history. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Chopper, wasn't it? The Australian oh, Chopper, man. wasn't he? <laughs> Should remake Usual Suspects again, eh? Jesus, they'll remake it. <laughs> Her Boran says, what, no AB? And that pick can't be legit. Uh, no, I picked them, but I put it together. So thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so join us tomorrow evening, 8 p.m. UK time and all other associated times for the Bell of the Year. We'll have a good yeah. laugh, if nothing he- else. He is in there. You just can't see him because he's underneath going down on somebody. <laughs> you know how he loves it. <laughs> Who could it be, though? Out of, well, there's someone to the top right there. Is it? Find out oh. tomorrow. <laughs> Gad G- G- looks, looks like he's got a muffa. He looks like he's ready to spit it out as well. <laughs> we'll throw someone else in as well there. Oh, dear. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Right, okay. Let's get on to the undercard even further then. We're dragging this out a bit, stretching it out as best we can. Matty, Gerald Washington against Ali Demirezen. It's funny how careers can turn around so quickly. I remember when Gerald Washington was knocked out, or in fact knocked out, Robert Hellanius in 2019. It seemed his career was going places. Then he lost to Charlie Martin. Hellanius, meanwhile, scores back-to-back wins over Kovnaki. And now Washington gets pulled out by his corner, cut, bruised, swollen face, completely exhausted. He's probably on the scrap heap. By a guy who was beaten by Frank Sanchez's bitch. It's all very interesting, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it was an interesting fight where a a good well, where a good pressure fighter uh, who was able to take a punch was able to wear down an older fighter. Um, I think that's the best description uh, for that fight that I have. And uh, and I'll tell you what, there was a, a little bit better body work in there, Steve. You mentioned heavyweight body work needed. Um, there was some in that, and it and it paid off a little bit there. It definitely uh, took the wills 
away from uh, Washington. Uh, it wasn't the primary focus, but uh, there wasn't a whole lot there. I, I don't think that he would have been able to to go 10, and Washington's chance was to uh, try to take him out early, and he threw a few good shots, gave a rip at it, but uh, the guy whose name I'm not going to go for right now, um, he uh, he put on a, he put in a really good performance there, and he just kept working, working, uh, went around the guard uh, and uh, walked him down. Washington just incapable of standing his ground, and uh, uh, just a breath away from forty. You got to think that he's done. You would imagine so, I think, at this point. A lot of ex-American football players, they get a bad name in boxing. But Washington, he's always been able to fight to a certain degree. He's technically not that bad. I mean, he squares up at times, he leaves his head high, but I've seen worse. That said, Andy, on this occasion, his conditioning left a lot to be desired. Demirezen, he was short, he was squat. A bit like a cut price Sinan Samuel Sam. I know you'll appreciate that name from the past, but you mentioned earlier about Demirezen there. I think he was an Olympian, wasn't he? Fought in the World Series of Boxing as well. He went to the body against a fighter who clearly wasn't in condition and got the job done, Andy. You with us, Andy? Sorry, mate. I was chatting about it myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I said, um, it's, um, it's one of the... He's a decent fighter, Demirazin. I've seen a, seen a fair bit of him over the years. And that. I says he, he iced, properly iced Tony Yoka in the WSB in that I've gone back a good six years. And he's been in with Jalilov... Um, they call him Fraser Clark. He's been in with Joyce and that as well. I think he's been in with the, the big uh, Azerbaijani and that. So he is, he is well seasoned and well skilled and that. So I'm not surprised that he's actually managed to get the job done here. Um, Gerald Washington, on the other hand, and that, you know, isn't that a great fighter and that? Just didn't take it seriously enough or just didn't train for it. And uh, the big man just got the business done. Uh, as I said, he's a decent, certainly European level fighter, Demerezin. I don't know, that's his second fight now in America, I believe. So I don't know if he's just kind of get, get, you know getting hired out by his by his people over on that, um, but certainly one to kind of not care keep an eye on that, but certainly one who if you see him on a card and that, you know he's probably coming to win. Um, decent fighter, as I said, decent fighter and that, but it's um, it's all relative in the day with some of these guys that just on the night I suppose, and if you if you put the work in. Um, I can't mean much about the Jaguar fight unless you can film in on that one again. To be honest with you, my mind's a bit hazy. But, um, I think, um, didn't Demirezin give a Jagba a little bit of work early on and it was kind of getting a bit spicy and then a Jagba took over as the fight went on and he ended up... Quite quite I think yeah. he might have dropped a Jagba, actually, for right. some reason. He gave a good account of himself. Calling him a Jagba's bitch was probably wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, 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 a good, he's, a, he's a good enough fighter, right? I, I mean, he's durable. Uh, he, he, went, uh, he went the distance with a Jagba and he wore down uh, Washington, so... Yeah, Chase Athletics confirming there, Andy Ali knocked down a Jagba. So um, he's, he's going to be one in the mix, isn't he? He's like a bit of a chubby uh, Avni Yildirim, which I'm always a fan of Mr. Robot himself. But De Demirezen, he's one of these ones, the PBC, they look after these kind of fighters. I think they'll bring him back again. Yeah, as I say, um, if we're going to make another type of heavyweight card like they did last night, I think he'll be one of the one of the names in the Rolodex, possibly. Um, him and Johnny Rice, man. Who? Uh, Rice, who fought coffee. Oh, right. I didn't see the coffee fight, mate. I forgot yeah, about that. Sorry. I th I think that's a that's a fun fight. That that's I've a got fun a coffee though. I'll go back and watch it at some point. Oh well, I wouldn't recommend that to be honest. But if, if that's what you want to do, Andy, yeah, you go on ahead. Oh, no, uh... I'll I'll keep you for it then. <laughs> no, I'm saying uh, Demers or whatever his <laughs> name against Rice. I'm saying uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's a good fight. Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't be averse to seeing that at all. To be honest. Uh, final point on this one, then Washington. Yeah. 
I suppose he's putting the washed into Washington, Matty. Demi Rezin, he could find the target, but he's not the biggest banger in the world, which might hurt him when he moves up in levels. If he could punch a little bit harder, he probably could have got Washington out quicker because Washington was blowing from the fourth round. He must have been enjoying Christmas far too much. He's Christmas turkey. Talking of turkey, Matty, what about this for a nickname? I'm a fan of Washington's nickname, El Goyo Negro, the Black Cock. A bit more of that in boxing for you? Yeah, I, uh, I I was thinking about that translation when they said it the other last night, and I looked at my uh, my friend who speaks more Spanish than I do, and I'm like, guy, he's like, it's like rooster, I'm like, huh, the black cock. Well, there you go. And I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be fun if I was a uh, well, it was a boxer, and then I could call myself a uh, El Gallo Burrow, which or El Burrow Gallo, I don't know the syntax, but that would mean uh, the the donkey dick. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, uh, well, yeah, I suppose that's as good as any, Matty. Well done, well done. Right, before we get on to the, the real uh, barn burner from the undercard, let's uh, give a shout-out to some of the people in the chat. They're enjoying themselves over there, so let's give them a pat on the back. Uh, Ricky Graville, who's already thrown in a super chat, he's hanging around. Uh, CHR uh, Kip? If, if you look in the chat there, Ricky Graville, he loves black cock. Right there, it says Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's all, all for confessions on a Sunday night. Michael Thompson, no such confessions just yet, but you never know, they might come in time. Uh, Big A is with us as well, Sad Ken. Uh, hopefully he's happy listening to the Asylum episode 455. Johnny Horsecock Nelson. <laughs> I think I'll leave that one alone. Adam Hughes is with us as well, Dave Corner. Uh, Emily Thgo, 1983. Joe Kennedy, as always. Chase Athletics. One of our American correspondents, uh, shout out to them. Uh, Jimmy Tappy, Dez is with us as always. Uh, MB, High Guard Plodder. And let's see if we can find any new names that we don't usually see. Who else have we got here? We have Boren BKK, one of our friends over at patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. Shout out to Boren. Uh, Declan McCarthy, <clears throat> excuse me, Ryan Petit, Boom is with us as well. Josh Ford. Sad Ken, I think we said him already. Why not give him a second shout-out indeed? I'm still hoping one day he shows up as Happy Ken. Pulling for you, buddy. Happy Ken. Well, you never know. If the weeks go on, he could uh, enjoy listening to the Asylum. Richard Wetton's with us as well. Final few here. Chris Butler. And let's see if we can get another new name as we flick up to the top. This is great listening for the people during the week. Take Ames as well, the creator of our glorious thumbnail. Shout-out to Take Ames. Always good to see him knocking around. So, on to the barn burner from the weekend, Matty. This got uh, things, the juices flowing right at the beginning of the PBC card. A mad fight, some start. Victor Forst, TKO2 over Iago Kiladze. Three knockdowns in under two minutes. Kiladze dropped twice and cut. Faust dropped heavily in between. Kiladze, if nothing, is exciting. After that fun first round, 45 seconds into round two, Faust is down again. He's cut on the nose. He's shaken up badly. A bit later, Kiladze's down. He's getting stopped. He punches the referee. He's raging. This was a brilliant two rounds. I really enjoyed this fight. Oh man! In that that first round, and I uh, I put up the post for the uh, on the Facebook page. I mean, three hundred and sixty four days to go. That's going to be a hard round of the year to beat, right there, man. Uh, that was some good shit. Um, it's a shame some referee with a Napoleon complex made a bad call and ruined the uh, the rest of the fight. But uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, Victor Faust, I don't know how far he's going to go, but he's one of my new favorites because Faust isn't his real last name. He's got some fucked up Russian or Ukrainian last name, so he made it easier for me. So, Victor Faust, you're my G. Um, I thank you. I appreciate that. It makes my life so much easier. 
Um, but yeah, uh, anybody who didn't check this one out, like seriously, uh, you know, like seven, eight minutes of your time. Cause you got to kind of see a little bit of the aftermath. Cause <laughs> it was ridiculous. If he kind of, it was a shove, but man, he, he really wanted to punch the referee when he, when he got stopped he should have let it go on. Like one of these days, that they need to convince referees and commissions that it's not two or three, four round slug fests that fuck people up permanently. It's nine, 10, 11, 12 round beatdowns that fuck up fighters and result in very, very bad things. And they need to let these wars go on because I don't know where that one would have ended. I don't, I don't think he was done. Did you Steve? No, not at all, man. I don't think so. Do you think they, cause he was the prospect, some kind of corruption here, maybe some kind of Faustian pact, Matthew? I don't know if I'd go like that far as to say it was like purely corrupt, but like obviously they were. I, I'd say they, they weren't going to do the same thing to Faust uh, had he taken that slightly awkward step to the yeah. right. And whenever Faust got caught, he looked hurt too. I thought out the two of them. Both, um, I, yeah, I, both of them. And he took the harder shot. That uh, didn't he go down from a good straight hand uh, in the first round? Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the best punch landed in the whole fight. Like it was, it was a fucking slugfest. And I hate that a referee ruined it. Like it so pissed me off. Like I didn't have a nickel on the fight, man, and I was just uh, just fuming on it because that's they, they robbing the fans of a good, especially on a pay per view event. You know, I paid forty bucks for that shit, and that was uh, the 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 current fight of the year and it could have easily been the fight of the year had they just let it go on man that that they it's ridiculous just it's a shame we're talking about the ref and and not what a treat we got for the first fight on the first car of the year well said matty i don't agree with the stoppage andy kaladzi had dropped faust twice as we said and he clearly had a puncher's chance one more chance for me and then if he got dropped again heavily maybe stop it i think the referee was slightly uh, too quick on the trigger with a stoppage. What do you think? I'm yeah, thinking? possibly. Um, he was definitely in the fight. I just think after the first round, at least, I thought Kaladzi's legs were gone for him. I um, really did think that. And then obviously, he done well. Obviously, he kind of catch Faust with that right hand, send him like halfway across the ring and the other set of ropes. But um, he's a bit like a drunken master, though, isn't he, Kaladzi? A bit Emmanuel Burton. Do you remember ah, when he fought he, a Jagba? He was all over the place then trying to he, keep he, himself up. He doesn't seem to have kind of sturdy legs about him anyway, but he's got he has got a serious dig about him. I will admit that. Um, he just he can't he can't punch the ref though because at the end of the day, if the ref hadn't stopped that fight just little before he actually threw that right hand at him and that he would have got DQ'd, so he was going to lose if anyway. If you could punch the ref, they would make better choices. But uh, I will suppose <laughs> what could happen to uh, Zab Judah? Yeah, you know, he's he's trying to get the referee by the throat. Was it Jenny? I think it was. Yeah, it but, was. Um, it? it was a great fight to be honest for two rounds that lasted. And that kind of like perked me up for like five minutes. That shall we say? But um. Kladze, I think he'll get recycled uh, again by the PBC. And that is, he, he could be enough, as I say, if if he can just take the shots and no go down, he'd be he'd be, he'd be decent. Because I, I think they're right enough saying that they said on the broadcast, or when I watched anyway, that there was a three knockdown rule in effect there in that fight. Oh, I did. I don't know actually. I don't know if I picked that up wrong. Maybe maybe I did, but uh, I'm sure I heard that. It so, was Florida uh, Commission, so sometimes those back backwater, well, not backwater, but the kind of off-grid commissions have yeah. these type of no. rules. So you might you might be right. No, they're backwater. This is <laughs> this is no bullshit. This is no bullshit. I'll try to describe this as best as I can. This is from the Florida Panhandle, 
And I had to look it up because I'm like, there's no way this could be fucking real. It's one of those things you come across on Facebook and you're like, no, there's not a chance. But it was. It was. And it was this billboard from the panhandle of Florida. And it says, she's your daughter, not your date. Just because you're drunk is no excuse. I shit you not. I shit you not. Where did he pull that one from? It was just floating around Facebook, man. It was, God, it must have been a couple of years ago. But it's one of those things that will always stick with you. It's like seeing a Serbian film. You're like, ah, fuck, I ain't going to forget that. You know? It's wrong. Florida, they got, they got issues. Sorry, Andy Coyle. No, mate, uh, when you go... <laughs> I try and drag it back somehow here, Matty. I was going to say to you, um, I was going to ask you about Kalanzi, actually. He can clearly punch. He's probably too small for a heavyweight. His balance is all over the place. Maybe that's just the way he is. Maybe he's punch drunk. Does a commission, obviously not Florida, but does a proper serious commission need to start having a look at people like Kaladzi, his health, his well-being, ask why he's off balance so much? Do we need to have a look at Kaladzi or is just that just the way he is, do you think? I think that's just the way he is, Steve. <laughs> it is what it is, man. And the, the guy's been in some pretty fun fights. So I just, yeah, I, I feel robbed. He's he's one of them like kind of perfect kind of journeyman people where there there's just enough substance to him where they can fuck up, bet, you know, the best laid plans. So um, they need to let this guy fight. And uh, he, and I think part, like part of the problem with him is like, doesn't he just like kind of just in, in the face look aloof regardless of what's going on he's probably taking too many shots poor fella well maybe or maybe some people just look dumb like <laughs> i've met some people like from the fucking backwoods and shit like that and where their family tree doesn't fork very much and they just look fucking dumb and some people you just look at them and you're like oh yeah the math gives them problems and you're not talking long division you know um that might be him but so let him fight might be all he has. You know, he might be forced gump. Well, he might not be fighting for too much longer after punching the referee, but maybe in Florida or Kentucky or some of those other places they can get him a license. Uh, Andy, just closing out this card, then I didn't see anything in the prelims or whatnot, but I wanted to just ask you a question quickly regarding forced. Do we chalk this off to experience the fact he was dropped heavily twice? Are we concerned about his future prospects? I'd be inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's the old cliche, isn't it? You don't go in the pool without getting wet. Kalad's is dangerous. He can punch. He throws caution to the wind. Sometimes you need a fight like this for experience. Yeah, I've got to see that. Are we going to give him the benefit of the doubt, basically? I would, I would give him the benefit of the doubt, um, possibly because, as I said, Kaladzi is, is a big hitter, but at the same time, it is concerning that he, that he is going down like that, to be honest with you. Uh, they bode well. Um, against, like, say, for example, even what, a Wilder, you know, if we're going to say, for example, I just think he needs a wee bit more seasoning as well. He's not got the time for it. I think he's definitely, I think he's already in his 30s, to be honest with you, or maybe even close to it. So, yeah, maybe, maybe he must get stepped back down a level, to be honest with you, um, depending on what his promoters want to do and that, or unless Big Al's want to pick up the phone again uh, and get the heavyweights back out again, he will definitely be, be on the be on the call, I would imagine. But yeah, look, listen, there is, there is, potential there as to how far it can go I, I, I don't think it's going to go to the top to be honest with you, but he could definitely be a, a solid shall we say top top 10 
top 15 heavyweight ranked at least. So we'll just need to wait to see. But um, I think maybe a potential fight with him and, and, and Demarese might be might be the, the next call or it certainly would be the, 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 the right move. And I mean, I think that fight might even sell decently in Germany, to be honest with you as well, because I think Demarese is mainly based out of there. And I think of previous uh, readings that I think... Um, uh, uh, Forced actually relocated for Germany to America actually. So LA, yeah. Was it LA? Aye, mm-hmm. so maybe potentially maybe get that back in Germany at some point. Yeah, uh, one thing I'll say, a couple of things actually I'll say finally just closing out. The PBC, I've said before, they do make good matches and even though we might sometimes think, oh, guys like Joel Washington and blah, 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 Tom Brown and the matchmakers, they do seem to know which styles mesh and what's going to make for good, exciting fights. And also, as I've said before, a lot of these Eastern European guys, they do tend to throw them in quite quickly. Like Kaladze is a pretty decent test considering Faust is like only 7-0 and or 8-0. and They're throwing in him against an experienced relatively experienced puncher at that stage. I'd rather see that than have guys get to 22-0, and 0, like the the last couple of fellas Gerard Anderson's been facing. No, no knock on him, but they got the one guy got to 22-0, and 0, and he was clearly absolutely shit. You just want to see him thrown in at a decent point, and that's what they do with a lot of the Eastern Europeans in America. They don't mess about. They get them stuck in there. Anyway, just to remind everybody, in case you didn't realise, you are listening to the Boxing Asylum Notes podcast, episode 455. Uh, Steve's here. That's me. Matty's here as well. That's him and Andy Patterson. Shout out to Michael Thompson. He's thrown a fiver into the chat. He says, Happy New Year to the Asylum and everyone in the cesspool that is the chat and a little carrot and fingers up. So thank you very much, Michael. Much appreciated to you there. A question flew in here, which I think we'll tackle before we move on. We'll go to both of the guys to see what they have to say before wrapping up. Kelly joins us. He assures us he is en route. Uh, Joe Burns, Matty, he says, what do you guys think to Josh Warrington going back to fight Kiko Martinez for the IBF? I was at the Warrington-Martinez fight and I was the only Leeds lad who thought Martinez won. Josh versus Dogbo is the better fight for me. So obviously, just to paint the picture here, Warrington beat Martinez before he got his title shot, went through his run, uh, fought Galahad, beat him, uh, lost the title, uh, oh, gave up the title, sorry, then lost to Lara, had the um, headbutt rematch. Galahad has since won the title and lost to Kiko Martinez. Now they're talking about pushing Warrington Martinez back together. As Joe says, Matty, what do you think about Warrington going back to fight Martinez for the IBF? It makes sense for Warrington, but it'd be absolutely bullshit, right? What has he done to earn a title fight? He's 0 and 1 in a, in a no contest in his last two. There you go. It's ridiculous. The I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from, and if you're Warrington, it makes perfect sense. The guy you already got a uh, W on your ledger against, um, they got a title. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, for sort him. of a technical draw, sorry, but, that's what it was. But it's it's pathetic. It's and it, I mean, if it happened, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, unfortunately, so um, wait, why is Eddie not getting getting Kid Galahad the rematch? Or? Because he doesn't sell tickets, that's why. That's why yeah, Eddie'd be glad to get rid of him, I think. Oh, aye. Oh, aye. So that's the reason why he's wanting Josh Warrington, because he knows it's a, it's a chance for him to sell out a potential stadium, maybe Easter time, uh, if they get the restriction lifted or whatever or not. Um, I don't know if there is any restrictions, I want to be honest with you. But uh, anyways, um, obviously the boxing cards are cancelled in January, maybe extended to February, so maybe you can see all these cards and promoters fighting to get halls and bookings made and that, so remember, hopefully Easter time, maybe but May. But um, that's it's, it's bullshit. Like as I says, did not have a win at least uh, to then go right in for a world title fight because I, I had checked um, the IBF rankings for October. Josh wasn't even ranked in the top fifteen or the top mm. ten. Or I forget what it was. And uh, lo and behold, November he's, t- he's ranked number four. December's aren't out yet for some reason. But uh, we're keeping the eye on them as well. If he can pop something at number one, possibly. 
Emily Scone, 1993, is not happy. He says it's a disgrace. Warrington was badly iced and then headbutted his way to a draw and now gets a world title fight. One of the other guys said they were going to put a bit of... Uh, here we are. Sad Ken says, I'd have a crafty, crafty tenor on Martinez to win by stoppage. And shout out to Emily Scone, 1983. Couldn't let this one slide. He's on about Ebony Bridges. He said she's got a body like Baywatch and a head like Crime Watch. So... <laughs> Christ. Good. Very good. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Martinez, tell you what, we, we wrote him off. We said he was a shit opponent, Matty, and all that. And he came back in and iced Galahad. He's, what, a two or three weight world champion at least now. He's uh, making a bit of money. If Warrington could uh, get back in there, get the title back off him, all of a sudden he's he's back in the picture. Because that Lara, those two Lara fights have taken a lot out of him. He got the shit beaten out of him in the first fight. And then the second one was really inconclusive. I know people are trying to spin the narrative, saying that he was winning, he was on his way to winning. I don't think that was a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the no. imagination. And what about poor old Lara being frozen out of the whole equation? Yeah, that's that, that's what ridiculous, right? The guy goes and gets a deviate uh, that uh, very few people expected him to get. Uh, he should you know, find himself in a really good position based off of it doesn't get it but the guy whose ass he thoroughly kicked uh yeah he'll get that slot against uh, yeah it's i these are those things that just really frustrate you about boxing and they freeze people out you know and it's 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 very un, it's just very bothersome you know like i uh i uh i'm more interested in uh, what's going on at 135 and if frank martin man did you guys see frank martin you know, like fuck these talentless hacks. You know, like there's this kid, and he's starting, and he's looking like Terence Crawford post confidence already at 135. And I'm thinking you can throw this guy within with probably any of them. I'd give him a fighting shot. I think he'd fucking knock out, you know, Ryan Garcia. And uh, you know, here you go, and you got you know Josh Warrington with you know weak resume and all, just got his ass kicked, headbutt bitch, and uh, you might get another title shot. You know, it's like. What a fucked up world of boxing it is. You know? uh, Josh Warrington's resume is weak, did you say? Jaw. Well, I'm not so sure about that, Matty. You're going to have to defend that one. How much, How well do you rate the people that he beat at the time that he beat them? I kind of think there's this B level at 126 going on, and he feasted on it. Okay. Well, that could be open to debate, but I'm not going to argue with you, Matty. I'm not going to argue with Joe Burns either, who's thrown in a 179. Thank you very much, Joe. He asked the question. More. A buck more than I ask. I love it. <laughs> doing a few doing a few quid for us as well. Thank you very much, Joe. Very much appreciated. Andy alluded to this earlier then. Uh, the British Boxing Board of Control have suspended January boxing in the UK. Uh, they've confirmed that no boxing will take place in the UK during January due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the announcement means Chris Eubank Jr.'s rearranged domestic battle with Liam Williams on January the 29th will have to be pushed back once again. Uh, they said, following advice from the British Board of Control medical panel, uh, boxing tournaments under the jurisdiction of the board will be suspended for the month of January. Uh, a statement from the British Border Control read, uh, this is getting exciting now, a further review by the medical panel and stewards will take place prior to the place, planned recommencement of boxing in February. I don't want to get all political because it annoys me as well when people come and they want to listen to a bit of entertainment and they get bogged down with politics and opinions. But it's hard, obviously, not to stray into that area, Matty, but... Are we in danger of going into more of these lockdowns and affecting, obviously, the sport that we're here to talk about? Are we going to have uh, these dreaded fight camps coming back up again and whatnot? I mean, is this a, a genuine concern ongoing? I hope not. And I think from what everything I'm seeing, um, this, this Omicron is definitely more transmissible, but it's less deadly. Um, and that seems to be what most of us are dealing with. And I think they might be they might be making a bit mistake on this one 
because if there was any point in time when, you know, you're thinking like, eh, can we get, you know, the, get the unvaccinated people immunity and maybe finally kick this thing to the curb and make it endemic. Um, this could be the swing, but, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of worn out and it's just another sad thing. I was looking forward to doing a, a post fight pod for, uh, uh, Eubank jr. And Williams. And, uh, you know, and that's at the end of the month. Um, and, and everything's still going stateside right now. Um, and I think I'll tell you what, and I think everything will go stateside right now because with the NFL playoffs and everything going like that, um, the uh, the NHL already having to take a break around Christmas because of COVID. Uh, the, the NBA season is in full swing. It'd be tough to single out boxing. Um, so I, I think just because the amount of money that professional football brings in, I think they're kind of stuck with it. and They're just going to play it out over here. Yeah, Johnny Horscott Nelson says, why is boxing stopping when no other sport is showing signs of it? MB makes a good point here, Andy. I think that rather than being completely cynical, which obviously we do love a good cynical moan on here, he said because they need to guarantee an elitist oh. at ringside. So I think it's more they're saying we don't want to we want to like take pressure off the NHS by not taking medical people away, which kind of feels a little bit more palatable to me than just a blanket stop in the way they did before, like as if it's not going to be the end of the world. And your football teams have team doctors typically because that's the kind of bank that yeah. they have, right? Yeah, there's a so lot of money, more that, money riding on that. Yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is rational. I, I I will actually buy that as a very reasonable explanation. There's two ambulances as well, wasn't it? Or did you mention that, Steve? No, I didn't mention that, but you're quite right, yeah. And then I've obviously, if one leaves, they've got to... They've not got to delay and wait for it to come back or something. That's typical same, protocol at Tommy's house. Big yeah. fucking deal. <laughs> Big man, eh? Uh, look, listen, it's just unfortunate at the end of the day. You, see, look, you can understand it, um, but I've not checked any facts or anything or any figures, so I don't know if the if the hospitalizations are going up. Um, suppose one thing in this, as you say, they didn't want to, you know, be taking doctors, brain surgeons, possibly, and that getting taken out of the equation due to some boxer taking an injury or, or having to kind of take a bad beating or getting them an A and E or something. Um, so, so yeah, look, football in Scotland, at least, we're behind closed doors. It's full stadiums doing England, I believe. Um, it's just, I don't know, mate, to be honest with you. I, the way that some people were talking, this could maybe extend into February, um, having, having no boxing in the UK possibly and that. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, fighters, obviously, like Eubank and Williams, for example, and that they'll need to be still in training camp, just waiting for a new date, uh, especially waiting for all clear, hopefully for February at least, and that. But um, I dare say they'll just remain, just ticking over, and then they'll make the make the weight cuts uh, in a few weeks' time. Hopefully, uh, we can get these fights made. But um, it's just a bit a pisser because it's just like it feels like we're going back to how it was back, you know, what was it, twenty twenty, um, back in April, March, April time. We just sat here every Sunday, just talking pish, but. Uh, just been fights to uh, to discuss really, so it's uh, hopefully we didn't go back down that route at least. And that, and for what I Nobody understand, wants at least, that. Matt, <laughs> no, what I understand, Matt, as well, I think America's a few weeks behind us as well, and you know, the increasing cases or whatever, and that. So maybe the next couple of weeks, it might end up seeing shut doors in America possibly because was, was I think was Bob Arm no or Top Rank no getting prepared for something as well. Um, the Joseph really Junior Callum Johnson fight is. They were Not talking about how they. Well, what was it? Remember the the, the, the you call the Terbev card? Um, that got moved, or it got shut down for like having fans to into a, a kind of more smaller location. Um, I'm pretty certain that was only like fifty or hundred folk. Was it actually in that arena for that fight? To be honest with you, so 
who knows, mate? They could. I'm surprised. That was Canada, though. That was Canada's Canada. very strict, isn't it? I noticed last Aye. night in Florida. No, no, Florida. I don't think this was to do with the COVID or anything, but the attendance looked really sparse last night. It looked like they're in a gym or something. But I know Florida isn't strict, so it must have just been a turnout issue. Yeah, possibly, mate. But um, I've been interested to see. They were counting it. on the Cubans coming out in Florida, and fucking just didn't happen, probably. Yeah, uh, well, obviously, then you've had the um, Tony Yoko's fight get suspended in that as well until later notice. Um, that was meant to happen two weeks' time against Bacoli. So, says it was earlier on, it was, it was close to a sellout, and um, they got restricted for 20,000 to 2,000. Financially, they just kind of carry that loss, you know, so they had to bin it. Um, so, hopefully, Bacoli gets gets that, gets that rearranged date, or was Tony Yoko might end up going in a different direction, you never know. Um, Trying where other cards are kind of fell by the wayside. There was talk about obviously the Ioka fight kind of maybe getting pulled and that, but that ended up going ahead um, just with a new opponent because they couldn't yeah. let him jock into the country. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? But it's, it's, it's not looking good trying to kind of get fights that made there here at the minute and that as well. So, but as Eddie says, if our opponents are feeling, if if you're feeling and our opponents are feeling it ten times worse, even Ed. Uh, Dave Corner says, why don't they just stage the fights in hospital hospital waiting rooms? Uh, win-win. It's hard uh, to say the pub. <laughs> the Sheffield car park, man. Open it back <laughs> up again, Hobson. Hi, Hobson car park, guy. <laughs> Sad Ken says, has pro-pillow fighting been affected? Uh, not that I'm aware of yet, but that is coming soon on Trilla. Uh, M. Lithgow says, should get a free month of zone if no live shows on. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath on that, to be honest what, with you. Ain't that the fucking truth? I ain't, I don't even watch Ack and Barack. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Let alone... It's, it's, it's like it sounds like a TV show, that, eh? Ack, Barack. I don't there even know who they are. I know, I, I know I, Bob's I know they are, mate. Gonna have to, like, start buying the rights from these fights in Thailand and shit like that, you know? Like, what did do Bob say about them again, me. Steve? What's that? What did Bob say about them again? Oh, I can't remember now. Is it totally just Bob Schutthausen? Ah, uh, something like that. I don't know. Bob needs to watch himself though, with all these variants going around. He's no spring chicken. Even one of our dies, mate. I keep saying that. <laughs> Don King's still going. Yeah, Adam Hughes says Khan Brook won't happen. Not a chance. He's a bit on the pessimistic side there. Yeah, JG agrees with him as well. Uh, so we have a few questions flying in from the boys before we go to Bell of the Week very shortly because we're doing Bell of the Year tomorrow night. We're not going to drag it out too long. No, Andy's struggling over there. He's doing his best. Matty as well is working hard for the team, getting a sweat on here on this Sunday evening. First question comes in from uh, James Mahoney over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum, where you can come and join us if you want to join the uh, Boxing Nutters Messenger group on WhatsApp. That is over on Patreon. Uh, so you can throw in anything from a quid onwards to join the Boxing Asylum Nutters Messenger group. There's plenty going on in there. Anyway, uh, James Mahoney says, uh, Andy, where do you see the future with governing bodies? Is there any chance one of the big four could fall away and a newcomer become more respected? Uh, right up my street here, such oh. as the IBO. Sub-question, how would you structure it? A UFC model, etc. We hear about UFC models uh, being brought into boxing and such, about the big four. Uh, is one of them going to drop off? One of the others going to come in? Do you see any change, long-term, no. short-term with this, Andy? None whatsoever, mate. I can see more coming in, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, they're all trying to make their, make their money somehow. Uh, what I can recall, I think the two belts, with the two belt era going back, is, I think it was the mid 60s, I think it was. And then obviously you had, like I said, different recognitions by different um, different countries, like Australia, the UK type of thing. Um, so, yeah, look, I think they're, they're, they're here to stay, um, unless we do get another situation where, like, Rocky Gianni, Suzy WBC, and they almost go to shit. The IBF almost getting, like, bankrupted because of their um, 
wiretap his situation, Bob Arm having to give evidence against him and that type of thing, having to pay bribes. Um, and obviously, WBA creating belts, they're creating money, they're, you know, people are happy to pay for them because they want that recognition or they want that, that top billing as a, as a world champion because it also then affects how much money they can earn. Um, maybe just jump on the situation that Eddie's talking about with Andrade and, and uh, Janabek, for example. Um, mm. You know, we talk about like and, you know, the belts. If Andrade was to, was to vacate that because then he see Janabek is like, well, they didn't want to fight him, basically. What has Andrade else got? To basically bargaining with because as I say, I will go back to, to the old saying, you know, sometimes belts do make people or make fighters. And you know, to Andrade, that belt is what he's got. There, there's nothing if he's not got a belt, there's nothing else interesting about him, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, they're definitely here to stay. Um, they'll be here to make money, they're creating shitloads of mess. Look at the WBC have created with the heavyweight situation, that man, and they've come. They've come out and really fucking stuck it right up Dylan White's fart box this week as well. So that's been that's been quite a quite a good laugh. But yeah, look, they're, they're, I find it weird that they, they, they call themselves non-profit organisations, right? That's just bullshit because the amount of money they must be coining off these fucking belts and new weight divisions. There's other things to forget about the the bodies. Fucking, you got one you got one body making make up a weight a new weight division for Christ's sake. Mm. So that's, that's mere money coming into the fucking pie stall. And I was just, just listening to Suleiman talking maybe about a week ago or whatever it was, and he mentioned Bridger Weight because I think he was giving a like kind of year down review. And he mentioned the Bridgerweight situation, and he says we've got a world champion at Bridgerweight, and then he went off the fucking spiel. We've got international champion, we've got international. I was like, whoa, wait a fucking minute, how much money are you paying? Or getting? And there we go. How much money are you getting paid here for this shit? Just to fucking keep that old guy going there. Fucking hell. <laughs> and he's, he's handing out Mel Gibson uh, WBC bracelets, that type of thing. Um, <laughs> that kid, that, that kid in Australia who's got half a face uh, after after Doug uh, bit him for after trying to kind of. Oh yeah. You know he got a belt. Um, Jesus, it's just, it's just nonsense, mate. So it's just like another thing as well was it was obviously about the WBC. It was the uh, George Cambosos fight. It's a mandatory IBF defense for for Lopez, right? What happens when 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 the announcement goes up that, that Cambosos is now the new W is a new champion? The woman in the WBC has has got a T-shirt ready to go right over his head the very second he gets hoisted up on his dad's shoulders as champion of the world. It's just an advertising thing. Anything to make fucking money. And by the way, that T-shirt's worth $35, by the way. So it says merchandising, clothing, hats, belts. How, it doesn't matter how fake it is, mate. They're all there to make money. This pish about being for a non-profit is absolute bollocks as far as I'm concerned. Because if you pay the right the right thickness of brown envelope not to hand it over, you will get a ranking somewhere. Um, as I say, Josh Warrington dropped out the top 10 or top 15 at IBF. He's now back in the top five. Uh, of course, the last six weeks. So we'll wait and see what happens in that. But it says they are here to stay without doubt. And then it says they will definitely see more getting made. Yeah, Cedric Sniff says, remember 20 years ago when Warren loved the WBU? He certainly did. There was the World Boxing Union. It was run by a guy called John Robinson out of his shed. John Robinson died in about 2004. And this started this uh, battle for the rights to the WBU between uh, a German company. I think it was Torsten something you called him. And uh, the enigmatic Don Moose Lewis from the USA, who uh, also owned the IBU and once uh, started up an all-white basketball league. So that was what happened to the WBU. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also just add Steve as well? As it got so muddy, 
the WBO title. It actually became known as WBU German version. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Are right. you telling me an all white basketball yeah. league didn't survive, Steve? Uh, my, uh, I've, I've interviewed a couple of times Don Moose Lewis. I would love to get him on the pod. He is one of he is one of boxing's great characters. Is, is Moose, but um, and, and also it's not it's not uh, just the WBU, Matty. The WBF. There's actually two versions of that as well. There's the World Boxing Foundation, which is run out of Luxembourg and sort of nothing to do with tax implications, I would imagine. And then there's the World Boxing Federation, which is run by a guy called Mick, I can't remember his surname, out of Australia. And they've been fighting in the courts for years to try and get the rights to the WBF. So I've taken you down a bit of a niche title rabbit hole there, Matty. Do you have any opinions on any of this? I think Triller is going to develop their own kind of title thing, and it's going to be the dumbest thing since Andy Kaufman was the intergender wrestling champion of the world. There we are. Transcontinental lives matter. Let's move on to the next question here to uh, from Declan, a friend of the pod. Not Declan Graffin, but another Declan here over on Twitter who has sent in a question for you, Matty. He says, question for the pod. I heard Nonito Donaire say on the Chris Mannix podcast he would drop to 115 to fight the winner of Chocolate Eater versus Estrada. What's the pod's thoughts on how this fight plays out and who wins if it happens? I think at uh, 37, this is maybe a stretch too far even for Nonito. If he could make the weight safely, Donaire would beat the shit out of either of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he could make the weight safely. Yeah, hundred percent. If he can make the weight safely, he can't. I don't. He can't. I think it's amazing he's making one eighteen, and and uh, the ex- uh, expansion to his resume is one of the more uh, under uh, appreciated stories in the last couple of years in boxing. Uh, but going to one fifteen would be nuts. Donair draining himself down, Andy, to fight Chocolatito Estrada. Is this in the realms of possibility? Maybe the thought that maybe he's trying to make 118 and he's been looking sensational ever since, isn't he? Or, 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 or close to it. So he knows his body himself. He's trained himself practically these days and that. So it's an additional, what, three pounds? Yeah. Um, depending if he's not deplete, absolutely drained and depleted on the scales and that, I'd, I'd be happy to see it. Um, Chocolatito Estrada, absolutely, mate. I'd, I'd, I'd sign up for that one. And he's on board. That's good enough for me. Greg Cross. Uh, another one of our friends over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. In fact, shout out to Greg for his generous pledge increase. He's happy with what he's receiving both uh, on Sunday evenings and during the week. He's increased his pledge. And shout out to Char Hildersley, our latest subscriber on Patreon. So they're having a great time over there. Um, back to the point in hand. Uh, question on the screen, Matty. I think my internet might be going a bit dodgy. Do you want to answer the question on the screen there, dude? Does the winner of Brooke Khan fight again? If so, who? <clears throat> from Greg Cross. Oh God, man, Andy, I, I like I I am actually looking forward to this fight just for what it is. But I don't want to see either of them fight again. But I think they, I feel like they both will, if, and it's going to be against a really. It's going to be against probably against like an up and coming fighter who's going to Connor Ben. Like yeah, <laughs> going to see he's going to smoke him. Yeah, I think that he's going to smoke him. I was just going. To, that was the very first time I was going to mention him, mate. But I, I, I would probably see them maybe fighting again if we get some sort, some sort of dodgy stoppage or some sort of shenanigans. It's, it's just a bit. Uh, we need to see it clearly in that. But does it go ahead now at this point? 
probably probably will because Sky can probably make a wee bit of money with it once they start kind of hyping it up a bit and that. But um, I didn't want to see him fight. I didn't even want to see this fight. To be honest with you, I'll grudgingly watch it. Um, but it's, nah, I don't think they'll fight it again. To be honest, I don't think they should. They shouldn't be fighting this time. To be honest, they should just be away. But it says the money's still on the table, or how much is ever left on the table at least. And uh, but this way, the winner might just get false hope and maybe want to keep going. And as Steve says, they maybe just you know Eddie might pick up the call one more time and say, oh, "Listen, do you want the Conor Ben fight? We'll 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 give you the A side money, shall we say? Um, possibly do it that way. We'll wait and see." I don't think nah, they're done, boys. I, I I can see the winner and the loser fighting again. You know, I don't think. When did Can last fight? It must be close. What uh, is it? Three was it the years. Billy fight or was it? Yeah, that was after Crawford, wasn't it? Was that well, the one in Saudi? Or... Yeah, 2019. I think that was, wasn't yeah, it? Billy Dib, what I think was his last. Yeah, one. yeah. I can't think of anything else. Couple of years. Then. And yeah. I mean, Billy Dib. I mean, he fought at featherweight for most of his career. So I mean, what a joke of a fucking fight that was. When, when was never mind the last time he he fought? When was the last time Brook won? Must be about three or four years since he's last had his hand raised in a fight. Would it be? The last time he won was that. Uh, was, was the, Did Luca, the last, was it? The last big win anyway was, was was getting stabbed in the leg and saving his career. That was his last big <laughs> win. Um, but, oh, Christ, who are you asking? Probably Porter. Did, it was DeLuca in 2020, so two years. That, oh, well, it's not that yeah. long ago, yeah. Not a big win, though, is it? Or was it, was that, yeah, well, sorry, did you ask him was, what was his last win, sorry? Last win, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The last big win? God, for... Porter, probably. Why? Exactly. Fucking Jesus. If that will be Frankie Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Pay-per-view. Brooks' resume is pretty fucking thin. Which is a shame because he's a talented fighter. He went for so long, though, didn't he, at the beginning? He, had, he was about 35-0 and 0 before he fought Porter, wasn't he? Who's, who's of that his, nature. Who's his thinner, Steve? Porter's, sorry, uh, Brooks or Crawford's? Oh, oh suck a dick. Yeah, no, I was about to see. Suck <laughs> a dick. 32-0 when he fought Porto. He's 32-0. He wasn't far he off. He doesn't even have a win as good as Postol on his resume. <laughs> no, yeah, no, everybody knows my views on Port- on, uh, on Crawford. I'm not going to that today. Uh, right, <laughs> final one then. Uh, Jimball chat firing back at us, which is fair enough. We were talking about Mike Costello on the last podcast. He said, got to say, completely disagree with you boys about Costello. I think he's great. Not everyone can see what's going on step by step. He communicates the beats really well. Maybe a tad over-enthusiastic, but solid for me. I wouldn't disagree with that, Andy. He is solid, but I think given the fanfare and the love he gets, I'm not feeling him on that basis. I think he's a fine commentator. He's a solid commentator. But I was maybe expecting a bit more. That was my gripe. I've got no beef with him. Yeah. He's perfectly fine for what he does. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that uh, that guy sent that question. Actually, he's actually listened to us talk about it way back when when Costello was actually announced for it. Um, we did say look the way he does present it as like play by play. And as you see, it's play by play. It's what's happening right there in the moment, and that works fantastic for radio. As I, I said it last week or two weeks ago. His 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 breakdown and his call on the on the Joshua get knocked out of Ruiz situation was fantastic. I think it might that might work for the TV in a big fight in a moment like that. Um, I just don't think it works for every fight. Um, I don't think we need to be kind of getting the play by play every every minute. It's just like he's kind of like filling it in, just kind of talking all the time and that, and then you get Darren Barker popping in with the oohs and ahs uh, every fucking thirty seconds and that. But it's um, look, I, there's no I'm not being. Maybe be critical, such that, but look, he is a fantastic commentator. I just, 
I just think there's just I don't know what it is. I was feeling it um, a couple of weeks ago and that there was just something was missing for some reason. I don't know what it was. And I seen a couple of guys kind of you know come to the same kind of conclusion. We were going to get a wee bit of time to see how it kind of how it kind of planned out. It says he, he knows boxing. He's covered it for many years. Um, amateur and pro, so um, he, he knows the sport without doubt. Um, it's just. It's, I don't know, but it's just a gut feeling. Look, to me, I just felt like there's a gut feeling there's there's something missing. To to the person asked the question, he actually did a fantastic job. So, you know, it's apples and oranges at the end of the day. There's just something different, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's perfectly fine. I just, in relation to the fanfare and, and everything that happened when he came over, I think he's he's just fine. Yeah, he's, he's solid. I'm not, no, no problem with him at all. But I don't, he's not amazing. Like, I mean, he's, he's just fine for me. But I mean, each their own. I'm not going to fight, uh, fall out with anybody over it. Especially not rapping Rob Kelly, who's jumped on the call. Good to have you with us, Rob. Just in the nick of time for the start. I'm glad to get started, guys. <laughs> 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 Sorry, man. I'm late. Couldn't be avoided tonight. I actually fucking forgot we were on tonight. Um, so I don't know. Is How's the lisp come tonight? Are we lisping away or what's going on? It never, no, you guys never fucking know. Either. You either never know or never fucking tell well, me. Well, Rob, I was going to ask you about Lewis Ortiz. <laughs> Big Lou. It was Charlie Martin's teeth, though. Man, it was it was a strangely uh, entertaining contest for a fucking two guys that could be couldn't be more washed out of the heavyweight division. The last, uh, the possibly the two fucking last guys that you would pick to become someone's mandatory, but I think they are. Aren't they? The winner of that one is someone's mandatory. Um, now, um, maybe they could get some arbitration and get the fucking get the wheels in motion for their title shot. Um, Luis Ortiz, man, he's a he's actually a fucking a marvel of a man, considering he's almost seventy years of age. That is fucking some performance, um, for a man his age. What age is he really? Can we carbon date him? Is there something that you could do to check to check his fucking real age? Like, because I'm not be buying a... that he's even what it, what fucking age they were saying he was. But yeah, uh, Char- the demolition man machines and that for any age and sliced alone and Wesley Snipes were on there. It, it, yeah, but I give you I give you an idea how shoddy is. When you see Chaz Martin dropping him at all, because Chaz Martin, to me, is one of the worst heavyweights that's ever held a fucking version of a world title, and I don't care if you want it on an injury or not. Absolutely pathetic, and the fact that he fucking dropped him twice—that'll tell you where Ortiz is. So, um, oh, I'm glad to see Luis Ortiz make a few quid for himself. I know he he has—I think he has a daughter with special needs or something, doesn't he? So, um, I guess I could imagine living in America that's quite um a costly costly thing to try yeah. and look after her so i'd say you know he probably needs a few quid good for him that he got it he's always in an entertaining fight by the way as well um well for the most part and it'd be just it's just a real pity he didn't get to turn over to the pros when he was possibly in his 20s um because we might have seen it we might have seen a different a different um reign of terror we definitely might have seen him picking up a trinket i think along the way so. against uh, to, uh... Tony Tobbs. Tony Tobbs. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, Rob, when, when he was in his twenties, it was pretty tough to get into the country during nine eleven. So yeah, yeah, it was. It was. There was a bit of a. There was a bit of a fucking back in the eighties. There was a bit of a standoff against the communists worldwide, wasn't there? Um, for the fanciest chances against Tim Witherspoon, Tony Tobbs, Tyrell Biggs, Michael Spinks, uh, Michael Dokes, you name it. Um, but yeah, no, he's always in a good fight, and he, he made a few quid. But I won't be in a in a hurry to fucking see who he, who's next for Luis Ortiz. Actually, here's one for you, seeing as you're still wheeling him out. Give fucking Derek Chisora to Luis Ortiz. Why not? That'd be a good swing fest, there. Yeah, I think so. So there you go. Evening edge, you can have that one for nothing. 
Jack Anderson, uh, you've already touched on this, Rob, but he said Ortiz's legs are completely gone, quite similar to Sasha in the first white fight. I think he's that far gone, Rob? He's similar to me dad trying to get off the couch at 83 now, to be honest. <laughs> 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 I have to hold him up. <laughs> oh, good old, uh, good old Ortiz. Yes, indeed. Right. Uh, I think I had another question for the boys. I'm not really sure if I did. If not, I think we'll go on to uh, belly of the week. Rob's ready to peak. Anything, Andy, we need to throw in? Ioka, I didn't actually see the fight. Vital Nikki on Christmas Day. There was definitely a fight. I definitely watched the whole show, but I can't really remember too much about it. I know you remember, you mentioned <coughs> the Russian card and Andrew Maloney off air as well. Any bits and pieces that we need to pick up on here? Nah, Maloney's fight, he's picked up a bobble of some sort. You know, once you've seen one Andrew Maloney fight, you've seen them all. Um, one in points. Uh, Eric Rosa picked up a version of the minimum weight crown um, against the champion. Um, Eric Rosa picked it up. It was littered with kind of knockdowns and dodgy scorecards. Um, and that Russian card is, is that uh, Albert uh, Bargaisev, uh, Olympic gold medalist. He had a, I think it was his uh, fifth professional fight. He had a, he had a knockout. Maxim Vlasov beat Felix Valera on points, 10-rounder. And uh, this is that big um, heavyweight uh, silver medalist for, for the Olympics, Muslim uh, Gaz Megadimov. He won by second round knockout. So other than that, mate, there's nothing really much else was happening. Oh, I did mention, um, some folk might remember that, Amilcar Vidal, who's appeared, I think it was a few of the PBC cards. Um, ah, yes, he, um, did he not beat, uh, sorry, uh, I know you mean now, he beat Emmanuel Aleem, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was, kind of, yeah. Like, it was quite close in the cards, oh, isn't that? Yeah. Kind of fought Lobby's power a wee bit, but he had a, a 10 round decision victory in Argentina for some belt as well. So he'll be picking up ranking and points at, I keeps at middleweight, I think. So keep an eye on the middleweight rankings for him, kind of coming up the chain there. Uh, good stuff, Andy. Yeah, one thing I will mention just before going to Bell you of the weeks on the Vitel Malnicki card. Keep an eye out for Yoelvis Gomez. He got a first round TKO win over Clay Collard. Not a lot of people bang Collard out like that. He's a middleweight Gomez from Cuba, 5 0 with five knockouts. He's only 24, apparently, based in Las Vegas. He's not your stereotypical Cuban fighter. He made his debut in Guatemala, had three fights in Mexico. Now he's in America, but he likes to throw wild bombs. He ain't leaving things to chance. He's no Rigondo running around the ring or any of these other guys. Uh, no comment on their styles, but this guy comes out throwing bombs. So Yoelvis Gomez could definitely be one to watch at middleweight. Anyway, let's get on to the Belly of the Week for episode 455. Matty's here, Rob's here, Andy's here, me, Steve. Nothing of any note or interest next weekend. So let us uh, play in with a bit of Smigger's titties and an intro we did for us a while back. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating Tone in all his glory. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association. Stop, I'm stop, stop. I'm trying to stop, Coogan. I'm trying to just chill. Will you piss off? Please, respect Tony. the man's privacy, Coogan. I don't want to be on camera or television. You're at a public a, event. I know, I've got I'm a not of, on your doorstep. I know, but, you know, I've, I've stayed away from everything recently. People think I've disappeared. Well, I kind of have. I just want to... I want reality back. I want a normal life. And I will find it, because I will stay out of all your way for a good 12 months. You guys have always called me Tony Bellew. I only created the name Tony Bellew to make me half a proud. My name's Anthony Bellew, me. Tonight it's over, me. Tony Bellew died tonight. I'm done, Coops. I told you Tony Bellew died tonight. I just go home and I live life normal now. I enjoy my life. Yeah, and it's over. Okay. I mean, Tony Bellew's gone now. 
been Tony Bellew for a long time. He can punch, obviously, but he's been able to punch and he's been able to really punch, turn lights out. You know, has he ever knocked anyone unconscious? I shouldn't really say that much, should I? It's only been my bleeding luck, but uh, I've done it on a number of occasions. You've seen me turn lights out, just out. I've done that. I can do that again. Would you wish bad on anyone? So there is something wrong in saying mm. that. I don't hope the odds are wild. He gets hit or beat up. I hope he loses the fight, yeah. But I hope he's, he's sound. He goes, right, nice one. Just end the right few million years after. So, you know, I don't wish anyone actual bad harm. I just think that's what's going to happen. I'm on a hit for me, I'm going to stay here. The only thing he's getting in with that belt, I said, I'm going to be shot on the chin. I can't wait. Knock me out. I cannot wait. You said at the weight, your legs are going. If you give me a free shot, mate, you're waking up. Is anybody's ambulance? You're waking up in an ambulance. You're waking up in an ambulance. <laughs> Where's he gone, by the way? I haven't heard from him for a I've not heard from him for a while. He's been out the back garden with the kettlebells, I believe. No, do you know what? It is? I think it's because he's on fucking the zone now and nobody sees him. I'm telling you right. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling it's you the best saying. move he's... for disappearing of his career, being part of the Dazone battle. Not a fucking, no one's going to see him. He's getting prepped for a comeback against some sort of YouTuber, I bet you. I bet he tries to get in, the, in that money trough as well. Uh, imagine right. Jake Paul would have him on strings, man. Jake Paul would absolutely have Tony Bellew on strings in the press conferences. It'd be great. Let's make it happen, Eddie. Eddie, let's make it happen. Have a I, word I, with your good mate, Eddie. Who's fighting on a Jake Paul card? Actually, so getting farmed out. But Eddie just trying to make me make me relevant still. Trying to do anything he can to make this Serrano fight uh, interesting. So I can't wait to fight on Jake Paul's card. <laughs> I, I heard that Jake Paul has offered Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. a couple million or three million to fight him. Ugh. Really? Yeah, I actually think he could beat him too. He didn't think that one through. He should have just fucking offered him a meal and a hot shower. And a bag of stuff. He'd have been fucking he'd have been in there. Yeah, some lucky yeah. charms. <laughs> uh, just uh. offered him enough cocaine when it's over and he'd come in like a fucking donkey chasing a carrot to plow the field, man. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, Tony could be seen fighting one of the Paul brothers very soon. Let's get on to the belly of the weeks then. First nomination from Bryce for Art Man Boxing. His pound for pound top 10. Flying uh -huh. in at number 10, Devin Haney. Number 9, America's Naoa Inoue. Number mm -hmm. 8, Fulton Jr. Number 7, Josh Taylor. Number 6 is 160 Charlo, just to be specific. Number 5 is Tank. Number 4 is 154 Charlo. Number 3 is Canelo. Number 2 is Errol. Number 1 is Bud. <laughs> He should stick to making his, his T-shirts, I think, old art, man. To be fair, uh, Japan has been under a defense agreement with us since <laughs> World War II, so I'll fucking take you in a way. Japan is a great place, by the way. Great place. Did Give you have fun time. there? <laughs> me love you long time. <laughs> He's going to get us banned again quickly. Let's move on. A mansion bet nominated a great by bunch of lads, the Japanese. Great bunch of lads. <laughs> <laughs> great, great bunch of lads, the Yakuza. <laughs> get, the, get the lampshade away. A mansion bet here. Josh Kelly has been voted Boxing News Fighter of the Year. Well, it was a good uh, fight he put up against Avanesian, I suppose. Oh, Josh Kelly. I think they're getting mixed up with uh, Josh Taylor, possibly there. But congratulations to Josh Kelly. Maybe it was man <laughs> manifested from Adam Booth. 
that's looking brilliant. That is fighter the game. Brilliant. You you wonder who else might have been in the voting. Oh well, you never know. Uh, Michelle Joy Phelps, uh, she's got nominated here. Well, Jonathan, five hundred thousand. Non-stop delays today. Fight was cancelled. Stranded in London. The lines are insane for the passengers in the same position. Absolute nightmare trying to get back to the states. Longest day ever. Jonathan, you okay, Michelle, babe? Hopefully sorted soon. <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> you, you're fucking back in the air, this guy, is he? <laughs> oh dear me. There, there's a nine in ten chance that guy lives in his parents' basement. Yeah, that was a that was a reference, of course, when I said Mac of the Year to the actor who played Goldie in the movie, the Mac, uh, who passed away today. And I know Anthony Johnson was probably inconsolable right now because he looked up to him when he was growing up. <laughs> uh, Danny Garcia has been nominated for the Danny Montana New Year suit. He has oh his God. own uh, clothing Did range. He's there. He's there. He's there. But he actually had half trousers on, actually. Did I? Ah, I am sure he had half It was like silver and purple. I'm sure he was wearing fucking oh, bomb. He's Jesus a character, isn't he? Christ, the visual here is fucking awful. It's like half canary, half tin man from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse, Matty. It could be the boys from Ukraine back in the day. You sick of love a Danny Garcia, man, it's like it, it looks like Big Bird fucked a Latino with no style. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he, he got two of Sean Porter's suits and sewed them together. He was outrageous shit sometimes. Oh, he loves it, he does indeed. Uh, John Fury getting a nomination here. Uh, I do things my own way. John Fury spends Christmas Day at Secret Hideout on his own. I didn't cut the video just in case because, you know, we have a few issues with that. But he had the little fire going. He's got his turkey on a, on a pan. John Fury out in his Christmas uh, hideout doing Christmas his own way. Talking to people who do things their own way. Shout out to the Gwote. There she is. Look at glory. that hair. <laughs> Look at the hair there, man. It's True. true. Where's Oz when you need him? We need him. to stop on the four boats airline, man. Fuck's sake. She does enough bad stuff to fucking warrant her inclusion every week without hammering her for just being bald. <laughs> Stardate 2022. Fucking oh, hell. Good. That's a Paul one, as always been saying. Javinho. Javinho, as they say. <laughs> Ricky Gaville in the chat has nominated this on PBC Island. This is former Lily Heavyweight Champion Riddick Bowe. Oh, he's, he's got better looking, by the way. <laughs> that guy could probably put a better fight up than Riddick these days, Andy. <laughs> he looks better than fucking Riddick Bowe, Boris, me, my Jesus. Riddick can't even talk. Lennox Lewis had the best reaction when that happened on PBC. He's like, no, that's not Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bowe looks like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, the broadcast I got must have been the fight TV. Yeah, me commentary. too. The single was commentary. It? Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, sorry, Lennox. Oh, Lennox. Lennox. Yeah. Was having Big Joe okay this time? Were they no arguing each other? It was far more pleasant. It was far Good more stuff. pleasant. Who the fuck is that this time? Is that Rob again under a different name? Yeah, that's me again. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> King Kong Kelly and Bing Bong Ortiz on the call, just in time to see Shuey uh, nominating Itchy Boars 1991. He says, <laughs> how, the fuck is, how the fuck is Tio and Loma both in front of Haney? Yet they have three losses between them in 35 fights, but Haney at 26-0 himself with WBC title 
Half the division finding reasons to not fight him is somewhere behind them. I don't understand this business, Matty, about there's a lot of people going on about Loma and Tio and all these fighters, their resumes, because they have losses. I mean, are they trolling or are they just generally stupid? Just because you're 26-0 and 0 fighter against Loma 16-2 and 2 means nothing. I think it's the Floyd effect and because, you know, Floyd was, you know, just kind of mainstream athlete outside of boxing that just casual observers grabbed onto that O so much. And they think that an O is tremendously meaningful, not understanding. I know people, you know, uh, give Floyd a hard time, but his resume is pretty fucking stout. I don't I don't know that without a loss. I don't Um, know if the people giving him stick are trolling. I think they're racist. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> fucking racist. But um, but yeah. So I I think it's just it, and I think it has to do with that casual effect at the end of the day, and and for the fact of so much of the Floyd promotion was about his undefeated record. See, uh, Suleiman as well. I was just I was mentioning him a lot on there. He actually confirmed that Cambosis is the undisputed champion. So does that put Haney back to the email champion or whatever? <laughs> oh my god. So did he, did just, he say that really? He, he seriously said that. And I'm saying it myself. He just, I was, listening, I was actually trying to listen to him explain what the franchise champion or belt or whatever that d- designation meant. He was making it up as he was going along. And somebody else mentioned in the chat there, Seymour talking about purse bids for the fucking Fury but a white situation, right? 50 50 or whatever it was, 55 45, 70 30, and 80 20, and etc. Or next, at the sole discretion of the WBC. So basically, they make it up as they go along. Or they can so- do at least. Yeah, it's so they can give it to the likes of Loma and especially the likes of Canelo and keep them while mm-hmm. following their own rules by also keeping hold of them so they can get a percentage of their fights and stuff. And yeah. apparently yeah. they don't need to make mandatory defences. They can actually yeah, like exactly. they, can, they can actually request a designated franchise champion and yeah. then if they want to go up and wait or whatever, but they, they can come, come back to whatever the weight division is that they're a franchise champion and then make, make a request that I want to fight for that title. But what a pish. Mm-hmm. I don't don't say the number that Dillian White's ultimately getting. That's going to be my nomination. <laughs> we'll keep it on the low down. Johnny Horsecock Nelson talking about the undefeated record. This kind of logical led Chris Lovejoy to have a career. That's uh, the greatest indictment. A damning damning indictment. Wonder, I wonder. By the way, sorry, Steve, to interrupt yeah. you. I wonder when we're getting shadow banned when we have fucking fans like Johnny Horsecock Nelson <laughs> kind of coming up with the algorithms every week. We're quoting Johnny Horsecock Nelson. Fucking hell. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it is a wonder indeed. Uh, Tom O'Reilly has nominated Victor Ortiz, <laughs> tweeting out 2022 fight goal. Let's go! Uh, first, Jake Paul tune up fight. Second, Canelo. Third, Danny Garcia in his suit, hopefully. Fourth, Terence Crawford, and fifth, uh, L. Spence Jr. Friends are friends, but my career is first. Hashtag my kids. Hashtag family. What's up, Was he in a room with fucking Chavez Jr. when he wrote that tweet? <laughs> he needs to speak the slice stone for another fucking mother uh, movie role because once he gets to Danny, uh, he gets to Terence Crawford. It's rest in peace. That's what's going to happen to you, boy. I, I I feel like he just got really fat during the holidays, and this is just more like his looking at how he's got to walk his way back down to 150 pounds, give or take. Do you not fight Jake Paul and then go and fight Canelo? Should it be Jake Paul and fight Danny Garcia because he's semi-retired? All, all roads to Canelo lead through Jake Paul. I mean, it's it's like it's like fucking. It's like, he's going up and down the weights too, Victor, isn't he? He's up up and down the weights too. I give, I tell you what, Victor Lachlan has a better shot of making those fights than Victor Ortiz. <laughs> but all these all these opponents for the Canelo fight, like Oliver Twist, more please, more please, fucking hell, man, fucking just fight somebody, earlier shot. <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris Wanshot Lovejoy is thrown in a 79p there just to keep things moving. Thanks very much to you, Chris Lovejoy. Uh, very much appreciated as we move on to the ninth yes. installment. I of, love uh, them. Belly of the week. Uh, Steve Bunce tweeted out, coming soon from the Indie Sport. It is the <laughs> review of the Boxing Year warning. No fake earnings, no after-timing love for Jake, and no rose-tinted fondness for any folded TV boxing shows. It's getting like a boxing version of Sex and the City reunion on here. Uh, Dave Lee, former friend of the pod, near deceased, says, to be fair, those earnings have as much basis in reality as saying Warrington had Lara close to defeat before the fight was ruled a technical draw after two rounds. Steve Bunch jumped back in and said, what a chinless little twat you look. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve, did the point that me? <laughs> Steve Bunch, that was, that was too, actually. What a dick here. Do you reckon it's easy to get under Bunsy's skin? Oh, <laughs> you guys, you guys get away with so much more over there with your personalities. Like, I can't see Al Bernstein having a job if he, like, told somebody on Twitter, that's a great opinion. Why don't you suck my dick? Paulie did for a fair bit, to be honest with you. But then, uh, I think... Yeah, and he's not, he's not on any fucking network in America anymore, is he? <laughs> I think it was Tommy. Tommy like, Tommy's like, oh, yeah, no, sorry, Steve Bunch is saying, oh, he's trying to get me sacked for BT. Then Tommy pipes up with a fucking, uh, an old quote or old article that Bunch tried to, was it, was it a school kid that spat in his face or something? And he tried to contact, he was, he was, he was ranting and raving between the BBC. Yeah, he even found the school! And uh, somebody had to fucking call him and complain about it. And uh, Steve got fucking, he got really fucking... Pulled down the calls for that one, but uh, Jade can't know. <laughs> well, exactly. Buncey has uh, skeletons in his own cupboard. I tell you, what, I was just going to point out you've been nominated for uh, for this set uh, for becoming the British Ambassador of Fighting Sports, and we, we might as well take today just to remind everyone we're getting closer. We've yes, been nominated for a big award this Come year. Come on, son. Where's the graphic? Where's that graphic when I need it? There we go. Who's the Who's the odd man out? Is it me or the true Paris Hilton or that woman at the top? Looks like a wig stuck on Jade Goody's head. There was it at the end when she was you having can't a make any jokes about No, it's not a joke. I'm just saying, I wonder if that was a wig stuck on at the end. I don't like it. That doesn't suit her. And then the woman who's next to me on my, on my right, the screen's left. I don't even know that who she is. Miranda Cosgrove. She is iCarly of Nickelodeon fame. Well, she too. may be iCarly. Anyway, the four of us are up for an award, Broadcast News Award, on June 18th at the, um, at the, the Hilton Hotel in central London. Tickets are 275 quid. Are you buy mine? No, I'm not buying yours. <laughs> so we're going along to that. And, and the, the Jade show, actually, which was the last uh, few weeks of her life, I've got to be honest with you, and, and I'm not joking, I'm not saying it, it was on Living, a channel mm. I didn't even know existed. It was quite good, I've got to be honest with you. It was because it was suddenly, there was no hype, it was just this woman slowly dying in front of the cameras, which I found quite entertaining. And it was, it was very good because she was dead and it was honest, it was truthful. As for that Paris Hilton thing, I swear, Andy, if we lose out, you know, I'll tell you what, if Jade loses out to Paris Hilton and we lose out to Paris Hilton, I'll be sick as a parrot. And I, Carly, can come again, man. Jade can't. You know what I'm saying? I've completely lost any track of what you're saying. Yeah, I have as well. I... I I will add, I, I thought the, the Jade program was fantastic, but for completely different reasons. I thought it was, it was, it was very uh, heart-rendering stuff. But, um, it was heart-rendering stuff. Plenty still to come here on the Boxing Hour as we hope to speak to a promoter, Callis Allen. I love, I love the bit about the wig, though. He sounds like a professional hairdresser, like Ted Gibson or something like that. Yeah? <laughs> the, 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 the worst, the worst that, that would be forgivable if he hadn't seen the show. He just, he said, yeah, I think she's wearing a wig there. Anyway, she was dying of cancer. Uh, slowly dying. <laughs> Like you. You try to find very entertaining. Oh. Hey, Steve, you try to get my sack for BT by, by playing that video, by the way. 
bet. I want to say a chinless twat. That, that, that image with the three women and then him in the bottom corner looked like the nightly news showing the perpetrator and the three women that he abducted and left in the woods. <laughs> yeah, next Steve goes down to the bill at local Parapucci Centre for entertainment sometimes. I just see someone say that in the chat there, so I'm stealing that one. Fuck it. Oh, my God. Classic Bunty, man. You just he does the work for you, doesn't he, Bonsai? He's brilliant it's, on Twitter. It's like it's like it was the MB the chat says just watching this woman dying on TV in front of her eyes. I'm like fucking hell, you think uh, how long ago was that? Fifteen years ago? How times uh, have changed by the way? Yes, yes. It would have been about two thousand and seven, something like that, maybe. Two thousand and nine. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. There we go. I, I don't think I've heard that much silence when someone starts a bit since Maddie's last joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was just because you guys were all on mute. <laughs> uh, you can come again, you can come again, Maddie. You can come again, Matty. Jay can't. <laughs> can't. <laughs> Talking to people who can't come again, old Rolly has been nominated here by James uh, Windsor. I might just quit boxing for real, says Rolly. This sport is all bullshit. They just never wanted to see Rolly succeed, and that's the truth. You had a pay-per-view slot if you could just keep your fucking dick in your pants, you think, fuck. Think Raleigh was coming again and coming again. <laughs> that was his problem. <laughs> what if he speaks about himself in a third person? Eh? Uh, like Raleigh, man. Uh, Mike Altamura tweeting out here, the Gypsy King ain't the only heavyweight champ banging out the tunes. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting to you Ghanaian heavyweight Haruna Osamanu, who was last seen getting knocked out by Martin Bacoli uh, in the Ghanaian ring there, uh, giving a good tune. After his fight, Tim Boxeo was tweeting that one out as well. So, value the week nomination for him. Uh, Cocaine Dawkins has nominated this one, Andy. $60 pay-per-view event for Paul Gallon against somebody else. A lot of wrestling involved. It was three two-minute rounds. $60 pay-per-view main event oh. was three two-minute rounds. I remember seeing that get advertised. I forget which card. Maybe in the Maloney fight. I don't know what it was, mate. I think it was, was it, I think there was a few fights in that card that was kind of like mix and matches, like football players against rugby players or something. Even even if you take into consideration the difference between oh. the exchange rate, it's probably about 30 quid, but that's about £10 more than Anthony Joshua's pay-per-view <laughs> fucking You know what I mean? Have a word, Australia. Oh, bonkers. Uh, next few here then, Michael Benson. They're tweeting out, Tom O'Reilly has nominated this one. Eddie Hearn asked about a hypothetical Deontay Wilder versus Derek Chisora fight. All Chisora's losses have come at the elite level, and Wilder is elite level. Chisora can beat Wilder. If that fight goes past four, Chisora wins. But he's got to get past four. That's got to be dangerous. So I'd say it would be pretty dangerous, Eddie, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fuck I. But I mean, I've never seen Wilder gas out after four rounds. <sighs> My God, Eddie, Chisora against Wilder, man. What an absolute assassin. That man is uh, Arthur Dane, uh, Brian King, no less. Might try and get Brian on the pod. He's nominating Rick Glazer. Rick Glazer tweeted out, I can be critical of times of Eddie Hearn, but look at the massive amount of money Anthony Joshua has made. And with no manager, it's all Eddie. Despite Joshua not having a good chin, no mental resolve, and at times bad stamina issues, <laughs> Hearn's done a great job for AJ. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Does he, does, he, does he like snort angel dust before he tweets that? There's going to be pay-per-views the other day there. Man. Oh, my God. I don't know. I kind of think that's a great backhanded burn right there. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> Talking about a backhanded compliment. Like... <laughs> I suppose. Fucking oh, hell. good old him. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we had another one from Arthur Dane for Rick Glazer as well. He tweeted out, My lovely wife Sonia all smiles on New Year's Eve. After eight years of marriage, she's definitely a keeper. And best, she loves boxing too. Sonia said, Don't you buy that Ortiz Martin pay per view? That's horrible. And two left handers, why would they do that? That's Drek. Sonia knows boxing. 
<laughs> Rick Glazer's wife there telling him not to buy the pay-per-view. Sounds like a sounds like a good title for a podcast. Let's get that let's get that cracking. Never have enough boxing podcasts. Sandy knows boxing. Said. Hasn't been one started up lately. Good straight, Rob. Uh, this is right up your street though, Rob. Uh, Floyd making smart investments as usual. Mm. The king of boxing, the king of gel blasting, kel blasting going on here. Well, before we get to that, I think that lady has an abundance of hair. If she if she could possibly suitably donate that to somebody. That's a fine head for, of hair, that isn't it? A fine head of hair, so she could possibly she could possibly find home for some of that. I don't know where now, but possibly somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a lad who's had fucking hair, there's the beard implant, the straight hairline, 50 and older greatest, doing the fucking is that double gel blasters he's got there? He means business. So get the kids out of the house, you know, buy these gel blasters. Just uh, just then uh, go about downtown America. I should get Broner to represent watch. gel blasters. <laughs> It's like it's build, like since we, we've started. Way, it's <laughs> like yeah, uh, spike him or something. It's it's like when uh, since we've started covering his fucking uh, commercial endeavors that he's up the ante because I saw him on his Instagram stories during the week. Uh, he said, <laughs> "You can you can win one NFT and tickets to his next exhibition that hasn't been fucking announced, by the way." And uh, go to whatever site it is, and he has a green WBC belt for the NFT itself. So the the NFT, whatever the fuck that is, if someone can explain to me, is now a fucking WBC belt holder. And uh, I don't know how you buy it, how you get it, but that's part of the mystery with these Floyd advertisements. You have to do the hard work yourself. (laughs) (laughs) NFT, no fucking thank you, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) NFT, TMT. Oh, good old Floyd. Dr. Anyway. Joseph J O NFT going hot on the fucking magazine as we speak. <laughs> What's this, season? by the way? What is this? <laughs> back, to the, back to the serious stuff. Doug Stringer, my portrait of Anthony Joshua. <laughs> why, why, why is one ear higher up than the other one? <laughs> He, look, he that looks. Like, Ruiz, that that neck looks like you know, if you fucking uh, clutch him with an uppercut. <laughs> looks like he fucking traced a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Arsenal says looks like a cross between F and a Koku and Cotton Palmer. <laughs> you guys are gonna feel really Cotton bad Palmer. when you find out this guy is simple. <laughs> oh, don't say that, Matty, but I'll feel bad now. But anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> looks no, looks good. Looks good. Yeah. Nomination for Doug Stringer there. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Mo nominating again back to Deontay Wilder. And uh, Lee Ross jumped in on the Deontay Wilder Derek Chisora uh, talk. He's in, in favour of it, actually, like Eddie. He said, needs to get the win, though, in it. I love the fight personally. Fury hurt this guy countless times through f- three fights. Chisora catches him. He's probably on life support. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, gosh. Lee Ross. Where, where do they find these guys? Here's Buncey again. Uh, calling oh, an anonymous, is. gutless and chinless, twat a twat, and he has his friends copy and paste the attack and then send it on to BT. Just think about that. What kind of person does that? Keyboard Warrior Day, 29th of the 12th, 21. He says, let it go, Buncey. You're a grown man. Man just tried to get me sacked. Sam says, definitely just read this tweet in Steve's voice. <laughs> 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 I might be shouting by the His defense is a bit flimsy, isn't it? Just because I grabbed that girl by the arse, she had to go and call the security. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, could definitely hear him saying that high pitched fucking whine of his like sometimes. Ah, oh, Bunty. 
Uh, next few here. Still trying, says Tony Bellew. He's trying a bit of golf. Oh, he's uh, yeah, Cocaine Dawkins. He's never played golf at Elite, uh, golf at elite level, Andy. So no right to make this video. Absolutely. No Ryder Cup action for Tony. So what's he doing? I don't know, mate. Anybody that has a golf ball about the place not needs to be checked in somewhere else as far as I'm concerned. I can't be doing with that sport. Fuck yourself. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> you're from the land of fucking golf, man. Like you're like it, surrounded man. by the things that like, I like. Oh, awful. I love yeah. to play cards. I hate golf. The golf, so. golf club's oh, a weapon. Where Andy's from? You have some great <laughs> over there. So exactly, me. The problem that he's going to run into, I can tell that he's at a top golf location, and uh, I used to do their club repair over there. And the problem is their men's clubs are actually a women's standard length, so they're like way too small for uh, for Anthony. He's just setting himself up to fail. Good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm sure we never hear about it. Cedric Sniff has nominated Regis Progray, who tweeted out, so I know most people don't know this about me, but I went through a period in my teens when I couldn't go into a store and not steal. I didn't even need to, but I just like the rush of it. But all the real thieves know not to steal from Target. They will catch you, Matty. <laughs> what, what are you saying? Oh, sorry, I was talking shit to the people in the chat. Um, no. <laughs> we just with some th thievery advice. He says never steal from Target because they'll catch you. No, that's I mean that's good advice. And I mean he's from New Orleans. Uh, you know, for all we know, he might have gotten away with some good shit during Katrina. Yeah, I mean that thing was a big old <laughs> insurance claim, and you know maybe he fucking uh, pimped out his ride during it. Um, I don't know. I, the, these dudes from New Orleans, I, I take them seriously, man. They know how to run on the wild side of life. If you don't get a fight soon, he might be back in Target. <laughs> he's making smart investments, Rob. He's he always boasting about all these places in Mexico he's buying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That he's not buying right away. He's oh, not exactly. so smart investments. <laughs> all right, final few now. Here's a cracker coming up. Orange Boom Bastard has just found the Ebony Bridges Appreciation Society over on Facebook. There are currently 1.1 thousand members. Fuck me. I, I bet that fucking danger bald guy with the gloves. I bet he's That's... the one that fucking owns it. 1,100 members now. There is a database. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to join in and get the names of these people by everything. Yeah. The boss. If your Bureau of Investigations is wondering where all the children are. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you want to get in, boys, you have to answer the following questions. What would be your ideal photo shoot of Ebony? And what would you do if you spent some time with Ebony? Now, that last one. Six. <laughs> See, that's yeah. turned up some interesting <laughs> fucking responses, that one. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> as, as, as the guard that already a member of that page, we need to fight. This is the questions we need to know. The answer is, the answer. if the answer is not killer and wear a skin, you don't get admin. <laughs> <That writes. laughs> oh, dear. Ebony there. You go yeah, have a tattoo, the phoenix on your leg as well. The phoenix. Rise of the phoenix. <laughs> Into that one. Robert Easter. Folks, I've got a foot fetish, lol. Fact, me too, says Shakira Stevenson. Alex Boutros taking exception to that. I'm nominating the boys. Yeah, I agree with that. No, That's dude, dude, something. I think it's some of those some of the black dudes. Because I remember a while, like years ago, I think it was... Uh, it was I, God damn, I was trying to think of what they were talking about. Some chick's feet. It might have been... It's probably Malik Scott. Dude's a freak. I can't. Maybe it was him and Nate Campbell were talking about feet. No, is Kendall Holt was one of them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think this is actually a thing going on here. So, so let me get nobody right. above middleweight is into it. Just, it's just lowers. <laughs> so, mate, Matt, what you're saying is tits and ass are now out, and feet is the end thing these days. Apparently, I, oh, I, I don't think they like thick feet though. Yeah. Uh, what, like Nora Baddy? 
<laughs> oh, I go niche there, Rob. Yeah, take it, take that, take that, Maddie. We don't know who fucking American congressman are. Take a Nora Batty reference. <laughs> Nora Batty Giallardo. <laughs> Oh dear. Look up Nora Batty, Matty. It might, it, might, it might look something a little bit like this. Northwich woman jailed for cocaine-fueled sex with a dog. <laughs> Aaron Beach has sent this in. He thinks it look, might look looks, like a circus. Looks like someone can't put his finger on an oak. Uh, woman. Yeah. She's been inverted commas that word there, by the way. I, I, I disagree with Andy. I think the best part of this story is that we're learning to respect people by the gender they wish to be identified with. What a what wonderful dog. headline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder what Bunch has got to say about that wink. Yeah. <laughs> Stay it, man. <laughs> I wonder if he still has that wig. <laughs> it's... If you the better one watch one. by me, but we're heading in the Dave Chappelle route here. We might get cancelled. Oh, we're not, I know. Yeah, Bellew of the Year tomorrow night might be the last time we uh, we appear this year. <laughs> oh, wait, you go out the way. <laughs> Child, Child of God, Prime for Prime, Tank Stop Chavez Senior. Oh, God, Andy, where'd you even go with that one? Fucking hell, man. I don't know where to start with that one. Prime for Prime. Where you find these people. Same again, Alan Canooley. He's a sly one, isn't he, Hearn? Don't want to see these fights. Andre uh, against another mug. Finally, he's got a half-decent opponent, and Eddie's uh, poo-pooing it there. I want to move on, um, because he's got uh, Alva Canooley, who is now the manager for Andre's title. He's also happens to be promoted by top rank. Uh, Eddie Hearn's like, well, mm, nah. We'll, wait we'll, see, we'll wait to see Eddie with a straight face try and tell you that. Akmaludi is not a not a draw. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not a threat to um, Dravi's elite. He's, 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 he's on the cusp of pound for pound cooks. He's going to be a two-weight world champion in short order. Can he wait? Eddie. He must Final be. Yep. Oh, here we go. Here we go, Andy. Here we go. When you go, mate. Hitman Bran. Dillian has been poorly advised for far too long. He needs to take this fight to guarantee a shot at the belt. Uh, Javaris Anderson says Tyson Fury has been poorly advised far too long. He needs to give Dillian White a fair split of 40 to 45% instead of trying to duck him by lowballing him. You're going into the realms of YouTube comments here, Andy. Always a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place, mate, but I was uh, when, when the news broke last week about the about the 80-20 split and that, God damn I, I, I kind of had to just have a wee sniff about the place. Because uh, Tommy was there all the talking for us, really, wasn't he? You know, he, was, he was fucking generating the hate. But I'm finding weed nuggets and stuff, and uh, yeah, people are really unhappy. But it's good to see. It's good to see. Um, and just people coming out with these wild, wild takes without actually reading stuff and that. So yeah, it's been it's been good. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. But apparently he's ducking them. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how White pulls this off now. Actually, if he's going to manage to, I think he's got to the eleventh of January, I think, to make a deal. Um, I'm interested if he maybe can mm-hmm. and then says to Eddie, I'll just go myself. You know, and Eddie gets put out on the sidelines. Well, and he's in a weird place. I mean, he's in a position now where he has, he's got a way out. Like, does it make sense for me to pay out Tyson Fury this amount of money? And exactly. I, I beat Bob. And I have a, I, even though it's an all British fight with what's going on over there, Aram. It could be the summertime before you get him. Well, Aram having control of the fight could mean it ends up stateside just to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking tens of millions of pounds. Matty, I believe on this same subject, you have a Bell You the Week nomination of your own. The 80-20 split. All that fight, all that bullshit for 80-fucking-20. Exactly what Dillian White deserves is a fucking peanut after walking into this goddamn fight. 
So he's going to get 20% of the purse, which is more than he deserves to get knocked the fuck out. And he's lucky to get that. And I don't know. I just like when somebody overvalues themselves and then somebody tells them exactly what they're worth, which is about a fifth of Tyson Fury, maybe on a good day. Further endorsement there of the nomination for Dillian White, Value of the Week, episode 455. Andy, any nominations from you this week? Yeah, I got one for the PBC, mate, just for a tweet last night saying Lewis King Kong Ortiz's reign continues. So I didn't know what reign that would be. Maybe the reign outside, possibly, but listen to the fucking reign he's been having in the ring. The reign of uh, snack foods. Yeah. <laughs> Longer uh, reign than Queen Victoria, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to put Bob Arm up just for the shithousing that he said in that interview. Well, we're going to go and look at, you know, Andy Ruiz and Robert Hilarious. And next minute of the 80 20 split comes out and Dylan White Arse just fucking collapses. So, aye. So, Tyson Fury's been poorly advised. Don't know what's happened to Dylan White's advisors and that, but they maybe need to take it at the back of a fucking bit of dress and didn't possibly because he's went for what? Uh, was it 10 million or something? Um, a good five like anyway get, at one point, wasn't it? Uh, no, nah, I, I was hoping to get 10 at least at one mm-hmm. point, was you know? See, you, oh, you, you, can't, you, you can't pay Tyson Fury this and pay me like seven, for example. I need at least, at least 10. Um, I mean, fucking hell. What's he expect? I mean, what does this fight make? 20, 20 million, possibly? Eddie's not going to bid 20 million for that fight and pay fucking Tyson Fury 80% of it. Um, and plus, they, they, they're going to have the, the Joshua Music rematch coming up at some point as well. And they're going to struggle to put that one in the UK at this rate as well, but it sounds like... Um, uh, Frank Warren's desperate to get this Conor Ben fight with uh, Avanesian made. He's even offering to pay Avanesian's uh, purse. Uh, I think that kid, that kid just looks a wee bit desperate. Um, I'm assuming as well that Heron's been trying to get the rematch clause put into this, this contract as well for the white fight, but she's just getting fucking poo-pooed, allegedly. And, um, oh, I've got one for AB as well, my boy. Mm-hmm. No, in fact, I've got two others, sorry, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go for this one, actually, for uh, Oscar Valdez. Top rank put out on their fucking, I think it was IG, I think it was Instagram. Uh, happy birthday, Oscar Valdez, and every, every response is an emoji of a needle or pills. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. And then, obviously, <laughs> I've got one for AB here, who just keeps on giving, goes on old Twitter there on Christmas Eve. For all the girls I forgot I had sex with, I want to say sorry. I mean, no disrespect saying this, but I won't, I won't forget no more because I don't drink anymore. And nine times out of ten, I was drunk fucking you. So, <laughs> one of the AB as well, mate. Good old AB. Wouldn't be the same without AB. Is that all you've got, Andy? That's all good, mate. Lovely jubbly. Uh, Rob, any from you, please? Uh, none for me this week. <sighs> no worries, Rob. Nothing for Rob. Nothing for Mozzie this week. Uh, yeah, I got sent in loads for any ones that I have neglected to add in. Apologies, but obviously between the last show and this one, we've got sent in quite a few. So let's quickly recap before the boys make their choices. Quite a few good ones. We started off with uh, Artman's list. We had Josh Kelly getting nominated for Fighter of the Year. We had <laughs> Danny Garcia coming in with his suit. Uh, the Goat as well, getting a little I nomination hear, there. <laughs> the PBC the uh, for Riddick Bow. Uh, Buncey, of course, with his spat with Dangerous Dave Lee. Uh, Rolly as well, getting all sexed up. Uh, Cocaine Dawkins nominating the Australian pay-per-view. Floyd with the Gel Blasters. Uh <laughs> I can't really nominate Rick Glazer's wife, can we? But she's got thrown in anyway. Doug Stringer for the cross between <laughs> F and a Koku and Carlton Palmer. Uh, we have Eddie trying to get Doches or a kill by Deontay Wilder. Bonsi again having another meltdown. Uh, Tony Bellew trying to get involved in the golfing scene. 
Progray giving tips for thievery. Uh, the Ebony Bridges Appreciation Society getting yeah. thrown in there. The foot fetish, uh, the, whatever that is. <laughs> How did that end up in the fucking <laughs> boxing page? By because <laughs> Kelly Maloney looks like Kelly Maloney. <laughs> and Andy's ones at the end. Uh, right, wait, uh, are you going wait, for Andy? Wait, that and Kelly Maloney. Who's the most attractive? <laughs> I'm not going there. I think I've rather gone the foot fetish than that one. I think. <laughs> Who are you going for Andy? Uh, Bunce, without doubt, mate. Nomination for Buncey for Andy there. Tell you what, Matty, it's a tight one for me this week. Uh, I like the Kelly Maloney one. I like the Buncey one. I think, though, I wouldn't be averse to Buncey winning, but I'm going to have to go for the Ebony Bridges appreciation. Society. You and me both, Steve. <laughs> oh, two as well. You going for that as well, Andy? Uh, sorry, uh, Matty? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Uh, I think that's a wonderful uh, honeypot that the authorities have created to find weirdos. Good job, authorities. It's, good, it's also good about a troll as well, where they, 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 especially two questions in that, <laughs> but your ideal photo shoot. And, you know, what would you do if you spent time with her and that? I mean, it's just, it must it must be waiting for the replies to come in so you can sit and jerk off there or something. Like that. <laughs> You know, oh, I, you know, I would get my throbbing member. If I thought I better watch what I'm saying here, actually, you don't look like submissions. I did can't. Oh, Better log back into the bit shoot account. I think Andy the Mixler for tomorrow. Okay, we'll skate this time tomorrow, mate. She said, "We're coming. We're coming on." Are you gonna get up? Sorry, go ahead, dude. And she said, "Are you gonna get on your knees with your own will?" Or am I gonna have to go to your body first? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I can't top that. Man. Go ahead. <laughs> what are you going for Rob? Come on, Cotto. Cotto with a good um, knees, knee problem. I, I was gonna go. <laughs> I was gonna go Bunsy uh, in defence of dangerous Dave Lee, because um, I think did Tommy say it was like he, he wasn't even trying. He, he was. Yeah, he was only just like pointing out something that happened, but Bunce couldn't take it, had a meltdown. But I think Tommy said something along the lines of he might be chinless, but he's not a twat. Uh, so I thought that was a bit much from Buncey. Um Yeah, but this uh, <laughs> Anthony Bridges is this thing is really fucking got arms and legs, like isn't it? There is a there's a cult following for Ebony Bridges. So in a way, you got to give her credit because I don't know how the fuck she's after getting her profile so high, but she, she gets an ass is, with it. That's, that's why. Yeah, it's a mystery to me. I can't work it out, but uh, fucking, uh, she seems to be doing the right things, and uh, she's definitely tapping into her core fan base, selling her socks and that, like in she. So, um, yeah, I love the I'm, fucking. I'm, 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 I think I'm, I'm going to try and join this during the week and what, see what, if what, I get in. Like, oh no, man! When I bought account, what will surprise you about this uh, Ebony Bridges Appreciation Society that even though they have 1.1 thousand members, they cumulatively only have 200 foot of dick between them. <laughs> I want to see. Killing. I want to see what other appreciation societies are out there. Is there an Obanov one? I know I've been trying to start that fucking campaign. Like maybe we can get a fucking fundraiser going for, it, but we don't need her now. We got Bomb Gardener, um, so there could be a Bomb Gardener one. You don't know my Jamie. I'd be interested in a bit of that, like in a bit of that action. If you if you go on that page, I'm telling you, do some searching. I bet you 100 percent that that guy, that bald guy with his, his shitty goatee, with who's buying her gloves and all the merchandise. I bet he runs that page. <laughs> He probably runs it, and then the guy Perry PepsiCo who's the fucking writes the artistic pieces for it. So I want to fucking, I want to get in there and see what's going on. People Rick Bitcoin Rodney selling off a merchandise <laughs> as well. See, oh, I meant to say fucking uh, Repo Rick selling new tra- uh, trackies and tracksuits and shit. Is he? Whoop that ass tracksuits. That's it, Steve. 
Even even they're so bad, even Mayweather wouldn't wear them. That's, that's how bad they are. Yeah, somebody did send me that actually. I forgot to quit it, but oh god. So are we going two for two, bun- two for Bunty, two for Ebony? Yeah. No, I'm gonna go for the Ebony to swing it, swing it in her favour. Well. She she deserves a title. Would you what? box me? I <laughs> box me. I box me so hard. <laughs> but the thing is though Rob you said that this is growing arms and legs which makes you wonder which body part they would go for first if they actually got hold of a poor Ebony probably trolls most of them um, I, I, I'd say MJP probably has her own appreciation society as well they're okay babe okay <laughs> depreciation society I think <laughs> anyway one that's not got the fucking cat filters on the, on, on the pictures pages and that you know what I'm talking about ah uh, yeah yeah. Anyway, well done. Congratulations. Serafina needs an appreciation page. Can we fucking do some good work I mean, out here? In the, uh, make it happen, sort of... Robert. Make it happen. She's oh. heading down the course of shields route with the hair, though. Is she? Oh, she's got a forehead like a doorstep, man. Sorry, I remember... Sorry, I remember... Well, hey, the thing is, she was on that... <laughs> See, I know these things. I'm an expert on these things. Oh, <laughs> women have to have hair, you fucking fuck's sake. <laughs> <sighs> right. All the love to the Chapped Penis Society. Well said. Well said. Just <laughs> put some Vaseline on it, Marty. Congratulations. Oh, Do you think these we're... people can afford <laughs> masturbation accessories? Oh, we're gone. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another ban incoming. Congratulations to the Ebony Bridges Appreciation Society for winning the value of the week for episode 455. Don't forget, everybody, to join us. Maybe, well, on here, maybe we might be on Odyssey or brand new tube or something by this point tomorrow evening for the value of the year. Some of these esteemed characters and personalities may or may not turn up. We'll be here at 8 o'clock UK time for the value of the year and we'll go through all the winners from last week and have a generally a bit of a laugh, as we always seem to do. Just before we close out for the evening, I want to thank everybody who has left a super chat. Let me just get the list up here. Ricky Gravel, uh, Gary Cavan especially, who dropped 50 notes earlier. Thank you very much to you, Gary. Dave Corner as well, much appreciated. Michael Thompson, Joe Burns, and Chris Wanshot Lovejoy. Uh, shout out as well to Greg Cross and Char Hildersley for all their action over on the Patreon this week. Thank you to the panel for joining us. We've had Rapping Rob Kelly here. We've had Andy Patterson, Matty DiGelanardo. Matty will be in the hot seat next week for episode 456. I've been Steve Wellings. Thank you. We love you all. We'll see you all again. Same time, same place next week. Bye. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking so I can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bomb, you're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven year eight. Seven year eight. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds as simple as that. Podcast Network.